Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the shoot program. Thank you all for tuning in and thank you for listening. Jay, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. Can't complain. Can't complain. We got another episode of the EJ and Jay podcast today. Uh, major news. We both saw Black Panther, so we'll definitely be hopping in and talking about Wakanda forever. Uh, before that, we got a couple of quick things we want to get into. Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay Showcase that came out uh, earlier this week. Uh, and then a couple of things we didn't touch on uh, a few episodes ago when we were talking about CD Projekt Reds. Uh, basically, their game layout, their game uh, progress that they're going to be doing for the next five to ten years, basically. So all their IPs and titles being ready to come out. So we'll hop on and talk about that, too. But, Jay, before we start, man, got to go ahead and just say rest in peace to one of the best voice actors ever. Kevin Conroy passed this week. Everyone knows him as Batman, pretty much was the Batman for our generation growing up. Got me into Batman, got most of us probably into Batman with Batman the Animated Series. So rest in peace to Kevin Conroy. Rest in peace. Yep, definitely, definitely a legend. Um, they they even brought him over to the, the Batman Arkham series. Uh, he is truly the uh, definitive uh, voice of Batman. And somebody put it in, on Twitter, they were like, Whenever I read Batman comics, uh, I, I I hear Kevin Conroy's Con, uh, Kevin uh, Conroy's voice, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, I, yeah, just that, yeah, I I can't think of any other uh, voice. It's definitely Kevin Conroy's voice. So uh, he was suffering with cancer, and uh, you know, it, he's making his transition to the next plane, and. Thank you for all the memories. Thank you for uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's definitely going to make me do a rewatch of the animated series. So, for sure, uh, for sure. It's weird too because whenever they would put out like those DC animated shows, and they had Batman in them, I was always like, Kevin Conroy better be doing the voice because you know recently <laughs> they've had a couple other people do his voice, and while those guys were good, there's one guy in particular I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but he's he's kind of like taking the torch a little bit because he. He's been pretty good as Batman. Um, I would always tell myself, I'm really hoping Kevin does the voice on this one. So, yeah, man, rest in peace to him. Uh, he will truly be missed for sure. Right. That's right. Uh, real quick, let's talk about uh, CD Projekt Red J. As we know, they've released like their slate and schedule for games pretty much for the next five to ten years. Um, we all know them coming off of Cyberpunk and what happened with that game, which honestly, since then, and with the release of the anime and everything that's come out, they've done pretty well. I mean, they've updated the game pretty good. They've got it to a point to where it actually plays very well on console. Um, have you got a chance to take a look at their uh, their outlook for the new games getting ready to come out? Um, I, I didn't because... Uh... I mean, not until you posted this, but I, I knew that they were coming out with an expansion. They kind of announced it a, long, a while ago. Uh, they were doing some kind of expansion for uh, Cyberpunk around the time, the same time that uh, the anime came out on Netflix. Uh, so I knew that we were going to see something uh, for uh, Cyberpunk. The Witcher was definitely announced. We did hear um, a while back that we were getting a Witcher remake. Um, I remember... Uh, CD Projekt Red put out a, a Instagram post and it had a, a new symbol of like a, a wolf medallion covered in snow. And I remember me and you were talking about it a little bit. We were wondering if it, if this was maybe a series medallion or this is like a new, um, a, a new uh, 
character or maybe it's maybe this is Gerald coming back or who you know you know he he didn't really die in the uh the third film I mean the third game so I mean he could still mm-hmm. be out there but um I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes but I think uh this takes this is this is an official sequel series I believe so uh if I remember correctly right yeah from what I heard you can't take you gotta take everything with a grain of salt right now <laughs> What I heard from people was people saying it's a brand new three game trilogy, which that's confirmed to this three games that are going to be coming out. Um, but I, from what I heard initially, was that Siri was going to take over as like the main character. That, that's mm-hmm. what I heard initially. Then a couple of days ago, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it, and some people were saying that they may go a whole different direction and bring Jennifer in as a, as a main character. So who knows at this point, bro? Um, bringing Geralt back would be cool for me because I, I, I think I'm pretty much in the category of all the people who just played The Witcher 3. Like I didn't play the first two games. And so, honestly, for me, <clears throat> that's the first game that I've had Geralt that I played as Geralt. So, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we've had him for a long time and it's time to bring somebody new in. But for me, I've only played with him for one game. So, um, if he does end up being the main character of this new trilogy, that would be totally fine with me. If not, maybe they could find a way, like they said, to bring in Siri, considering the fact that she's a major part of The Witcher 3 2 and her story. So, um, yeah, it, it looks like it's, it'll be pretty good from whatever they do. Uh, and then, as we just talked about, the whole Canis Majoris, which is like the working title, is going to be the official remake of The Witcher 1, which I never played The Witcher 1. So, uh, it's going to be built in Unreal Engine 5, and they said they're going to build it from the ground up. So we'll see how that is. And that's going to be interesting because uh, uh, the uh, Witcher 3, just the graphics with that was pretty amazing. Uh, I remember playing that for the first time. I was like, man, this is a very beautiful game. I played um, I played a little bit of The Witcher 1, but I played more of The Witcher 2. And you could see, you know, this game, those games were like, uh, The Witcher came out on PC for, they were like more PC games before they actually came to console. And um, The the Witcher 2 was a little bit kind of hard to play because you could see, you can kind of see the PC influence mm-hmm. uh, on the game. And, but in The Witcher 3 was like full on, you know, I didn't really have that much issues with it. So I'm I'm very I'm very uh, interested to see how they, they bring it to Unreal Engine. And I'm glad a lot of game uh, game companies are actually um, getting ready to, to produce a lot of their their uh, their IPs in Unreal Engine because uh, as we saw with the Matrix, the uh, Matrix demo and all the capabilities of the Unreal Engine, man, it's it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. And that was just the early test of it. Like we actually are deep, well, not deep, two to three years into the new uh, console series. So yeah, it'll be interesting, man, to see you know how people can utilize it and and and. Uh, do was do pretty well with it kind of like the coalition did with gears 5 i think they were like one of the first people to use unreal engine and really take it really far so it'll be interesting to see what these new companies do with it so yeah i'm excited for sure right um also too there's another game on their slate right now it's called cirrus and that's supposed to be another witcher title they said it's going to be brand new i brand new witcher ip from them so we'll see what that means uh, and then they have another game called Orion, which is, uh, they, I think they've confirmed is going to be the Cyberpunk 2 sequel. We don't know if it's going to be Night City, somewhere else, whatever, but it's another Cyberpunk game, the sequel to 2077. Uh, and then they have a brand new IP that they said is just going to be new 
under CD Projekt Red and his code name Hater. So we'll see. Um, they're putting out. They're not. They're not giving us dates. They're just saying that these games are coming out, and that's a good thing. So um, yeah, I got faith in them. Like I said, I know Cyberpunk didn't come out to exactly what the the exactly what we were looking for initially when it came out, but it turned out to be pretty good in the end. And so we'll see. All right. Right. You will see. It's gonna be a while. Yep, it's definitely gonna be a while. <laughs> uh, but let's also hop in, Jay, to Hogwarts Legacy. I know this is a game that me and you specifically have been looking forward to, considering we are huge Harry Potter fans and the whole mythos and and movie universe of that of that series. Uh, did you get a chance to catch the uh, showcase this week? Some of it, some of it. I was able to watch uh, a little bit of it. Uh, while at work, but then I just caught up on some of the clips from IGN. Uh, one of the main things I was paying attention towards was the character creation. Um, I'm and I'm kind of glad I didn't get to see uh, get to see a full tour of the game because um, maybe you can answer this, but I don't know how expensive this game is going to be in the sense that like how long the game is going to be. And you know, uh, I did see that you know the side missions are actually classes. Um, I'm just curious. I, I want to. I'm very curious of the game length and uh, how long we're going to be in this experience because uh, I don't want it to be. You know, they've been showing a lot of content. Like I remember a while back, they were showing like the slither, some of the slithering gameplay, which is cool. But I don't want to show it too. You know, I don't want too much to be shown. Um, but I, I, I was definitely very interested in character creation because, you know, uh, got to make some. You know, got to make our black, our, our black wizard. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, we, we saw a few we saw a few wizards in a movie you know in the movies but uh we, we gotta have we gotta bring that melanin into hogwarts so and i'm liking what they're doing so far from what we've seen yeah for sure so before we hop on to that because we definitely got to talk about that for a sec um i watched the entire thing and honestly it wasn't it, w- it was a deep dive but it wasn't they even confirmed like we're not showing you all of hogwarts we're just showing you certain areas Want you to get a, a feel for how it looks, how how it is to walk around the, the school, et cetera, et cetera. So they really just kind of went to certain places and just showed off certain areas to, for you to see, like, okay, this is what this looks like. That this is what this looks like. Wasn't anything like I said too crazy to where you've seen every inch of the school. They they said they wanted to keep secrets and, and keep things for people to find out when the game came out. Uh, we had a little light introduction to combat. Which surprisingly looks very well, very well done. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see, like how you can do. They were showing like kind of combos you can do to to do certain things to get certain people in the air, using certain spells, etc. So that was really cool to see that. Um, and then they ended it by basically taking us over across a, a, a bridge from uh, Hogwarts over to this other area. And they were like, well, you know, you can actually explore deep into like the lands outside of Hogwarts. But they said that they weren't going to show us that, um, that they, they would wait till closer to game time to give us like a, a quick view of what that is like, like actually outside of the school. So that was pretty cool. Um, but like you said, the thing I was most interested in was the, the character creation because and this is saying a lot. And especially with a out of all the games that have come out recently. A Harry Potter game has the best character creation for black characters. Um, the guy that was doing the walkthrough for them, he was like one of the community guys who was really into Harry Potter. It was a black dude. And so when he was doing it, 
uh, and he was uh, they actually gave him the PS5 controller and they're like we want you to go ahead and just like go through and see what you want to look at different things like that and I was so happy when he actually went to like all the black character faces and was able to like hover over them and see like the different things you can do with them you can mold these characters and they and and not even just like going in deep into the settings and trying to mold it but the black character presets just look like black people you know black features black noses cheekbones ears etc like everything it just looks black and then the hairstyles man we haven't had black hairstyles like that since 2k so um to me this is going to be really cool for us in general that is true that is true yeah the hairstyles and the, and the hairstyles are modern too so you got the, the nice little fades and they have the they got the 2022 uh hairstyles up in there exactly this, mm-hmm. yep. 2022 hairstyles they got they got dreads in there they got short dreads like they really were like okay let's just make black people and, and so it's really <laughs> just a whole bunch of a whole bunch of black people in the game and different hairstyles that fit that fit all of us so right. i'm interested in that because like i said you know, most of these games that come out, we get two character presets, don't really get any black features, two black hairstyles. So, um, it, I'm, I'm really interested in it. Right. Well, well, we'll see more. Is it, uh, what's the, uh, the official release date? Is this coming out in January, I believe? I think it's February 10th. I think it's February 10th. Yeah, I think it's either. Ah, so they had a black guy going through the character creation to make sure the black people get the game because they're going to be able to. To represent themselves yep. and it's also coming out in black history month yep mm. <laughs> sounds like it's an agenda fellas hey you know sounds what they like got me agenda. they got me so i will definitely <laughs> be getting it for sure um okay, okay. but yeah that, that was pretty cool um i'm excited yeah for sure let's hop into the biggest news which is going to be the bulk of the podcast today and <clears throat> let's talk about black panther wakanda forever Jay, I know we have talked about this extensively over the last year on the podcast, and we have had our doubts. You know, we had our high moments where we, where we saw things that we liked. Um, so let's just hop into it, man. What did you think about Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Five out of five. Now, I will say this. It may change because, you know, of course, when you watch a movie for the first time, you know, you kind of overlook things. So you start asking yourself, yourself, you know, questions and did this make sense? So I'm, I think I'm definitely going to have to do a second watch of it. But for right now, just from my first viewing, it's five out of five. I, I Before we get into the, the meat and potatoes, just off, off the bat, five out of five. This is Ryan Coogler had a job that no one really coveted after the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Um, that's just what, what they pulled off in that film, what they pulled off in this film. Um, I'm very surprised. I was definitely worried. Um, I'm still on the boat of the recast of Chala. I, I'm, I mean, that's not going to go away. I think they really do need to recast the Chala. Um, I think it worked, man. I think it worked. What they did here, it worked. I really do. I really do think it worked. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed. I it And it is better than the first film. It is better than the first film. I agree. Um, the introduction of Namor, amazing. We'll get into the meat and potatoes, but I'm just saying, just off the bat, uh, reactions. Uh, Namor was a mother effing boss in this film. Yep. The way they de- depicted him, some of the shots that they used, um, it was like comic book looks. I mean, they they did him, man. He's 
off, off the bat, he's probably my top three villain now. I'll be honest. I was just about to ask you um, where would he rank. For me, he's probably number three, bro. He's he's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He uh to knock uh much respect. He killed the role. Um, he's uh this one in we and we're saying villains, he's definitely an anti-hero. He has his motivations and reasons for what he's doing, so he's not like you know you know a bloodthirsty villain in the sense of all the other villains but he has his reasons for what he's doing so he's definitely an anti-hero for sure uh but in this film he's a villain uh because of you know the may our main heroes are being he's the main uh objective uh for what's going on with our main heroes uh i've been hearing i'm gonna say this ej uh before you say this, this is my last thing i'll say on this for the reactions wise but i've been before i even saw the movie i've been hearing all the reactions about angela bassett you're like, oh she deserves an oscar and she did give an oscar performance but let, let's cut the shit i'm about to get graphic with this leticia right held this fucking movie on her fucking shoulders let's get that shit straight right now give leticia right her fucking respect okay give leticia motherfucking right her respect okay just saying i was worried don't worry, are going. Worried. Yeah, I think we both were worried. Um, <laughs> don't worry, are going. That's all I got to say. I, you know what? I, I agree with you. The worries are definitely gone. Um, but like you said, let's hop into like the characters because I think this is an important part. And for people who have made mm-hmm. it this far, obviously we're doing spoilers, so we'll put that in the in the, in the title and everything before y'all watch the show. But um, you know what's crazy is I saw that thing too about Angela Bassett, and for me. I was like, man, she must be doing something crazy in the movie. But when the movie started, bro, I was like, damn, Angela is playing this character, bro. Like, and she's right. always been an amazing actress. So this is not the first time Angela Bassett should have won Oscars for other stuff before now. Um, yes, but she just really played Queen Ramonda. Like, she just really played her just amazing in this movie. Like, we saw her in the first movie, and it was cool, mm-hmm. and we were happy that she was cast in the role. But in this movie, she got a chance to like flesh out the character a little bit more. We got to see more of her interaction with Shuri, more of her interaction with like the other characters, her actually stepping up and becoming queen and taking mm-hmm. over. And that scene, bro, when yes. we went into the UN and uh yes. and, and they, bro, I was like, that's the scene. If she wins, that's what they're showing, that's what they're showing in the Oscars right there. Right. Because she killed right. that scene, bro. She went in talking about how they tried to take stuff from their country and everything like that. And she was like, you know, we ain't we're not even gonna kill y'all people that tried to come in and and, and steal vibranium for us we're gonna you know we got, we're gonna we're gonna be a bigger we're gonna be the bigger person in this situation etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was just like man she's giving a, a super performance right now mm-hmm. um so yeah she did amazing throughout the movie uh, like you said my biggest worry was how leticia was gonna do without chadwick in the movie um right. leticia was cool in the first movie but I think I told you this. I, she was probably one of the weakest characters in the first movie to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yes. No, she was. I agree. So I was just like, okay, cool. She, she, she is what she is. But coming into this movie, you knew that the characters were going to have to step up and take over the mantle. And she definitely did that for sure. Uh, right. Watching her in the movie, the emotions and the scenes. And I think it was, you know, not only great acting by them, but also they were just affected by everything that happened with Chadwick. And so I'm, I'm thinking that it just led more into how they portrayed their characters in the movie. But from the beginning of the movie, 
to when you had the silent intro with Chavik showing up on, on, on the Marvel series to the very end. Like, Letitia did her thing, man. And mm-hmm. she had to come in and she had to prove to us that she could be Black Panther, that she could take the mantle, that she could hold an entire film. And like you said, man, she killed it. So much props yes, to her. I will say, in my personal opinion, after watching this, the breakout performance of this movie was Riri Williams for sure. I'm forgetting the name of the actress in real life right now, so forgive me. But Dominic Thorne. Okay. But for watching the movie, man, I just kept saying to myself, I can't wait to watch Ironheart, the series, after this. So mm. from the time that she was on screen in, in the little college scene at the beginning to her working on that, going to Wakanda, because my whole thing was like, how does she fit into the movie before I saw it? And I was like, how is she going to be brought to Wakanda, et cetera, et cetera? Like, was she already there? So seeing that she was a you know a smart college student that was, was working on a project and had her ideas stolen from her like as she alluded to you know being a young black woman and, and having her stuff just stolen basically cia using her her, her uh, ideas to build those vibranium um detectors i i just thought she, she she stole the show like she she killed it so i'm i'm really looking forward to uh ironheart the tv show and what she does with that uh last thing i'm gonna say jay i'm gonna i'm gonna send it back to you for a second you know how I feel about this character, and I initially told you that if he was becoming Black Panther, I would be pissed and I would walk out, which still would have been true. But Winston Duke played the hell out of Mbaku in this movie. He really did. Um, I give him props. He was funny on, at, at times when he needed to be. He was serious at times when he needed to be. Um, there's a part that I want to get to at the very end of the movie that we'll talk about probably soon here in a minute. But... Winston Duke and the Mbaku character was very well utilized in this movie um, and, and I'm happy that he played the role that he did in the movie so uh, yeah man it was right. strong performances from everyone all over but I'm gonna throw it back to you and just and just see how did you feel about Riri 1 because I know you didn't get a chance to hop into her character yeah I, I, I wouldn't say she's the breakout character but I think she this was a this was a, a great uh, first introduction of her. Um, she definitely killed it. Uh, I, I will say that uh, had some issues with some of the, you know, story-wise, the reason why her stuff got stolen didn't really kind of make sense to me. But hey, we with it. <laughs> it was definitely a definitely a MacGuffin for the most part. Uh, but yeah, she definitely. I, I like the whole. You know, she's got her own little home base, a little Iron Man you know secret area in the warehouse and you know uh she's over there helping people with their tech uh at uh mit and making money on the side so she's showing that she's you know using her her expertise to make money off it in ways it's pretty it was pretty cool she's she was funny also and i think uh she was kind of that american presence that we needed i think in the first film we had everett ross yeah and um and he wasn't really everett ross didn't play too much in this movie he was in here for uh, we probably gonna talk about that too because of the, uh, the implications of him and and who else we know is in this film. Yeah. But also, uh, but I think definitely uh, uh, Riri kind of took his place in this film from a black perspective. Um, seeing this and she got to see she got put on a roller coasters because she got to see two different worlds. Yep. <laughs> in this film, yep. so she was definitely the uh, presence that we needed um, from an outsider perspective, and and I enjoy I enjoyed that. I think she was cool. I don't know if I would say breakout, but definitely up there for sure. Uh, if we talking about breakout roles, it would be name name more for me. 
uh it would be namor for me man uh from the first scene man when uh you know from the first scene where they were trying to steal about the the cia was trying to steal the vibra vibranium and uh namor came onto the scene and they had you know took the helicopter and tossed that shit like he was the hawk or thor or something mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it was standing was flying in the sky with the thunder and rain on him and you all you could see was the silhouette of him i was like oh no, shit no. now that was an yeah. introduction yes it was. that was a motherfucking introduction yes, it was. i was like that was badass um no they just just the introduction of him just was off the he to me uh for me he blew me away i just think that uh he brought something just just really new to the series uh to the series and to the mcu uh uh just as a whole because for i i think i want to say on namor i want to say that i think that uh the choice to take away the atlantic background the atlantis background from namor because of the whole you got another popular aquaman character in the aquaman series with dc that that movie made almost a billion dollars if not a billion dollars already so you really can't do kind of you can't really come out with another character that's essentially aquaman even though historically namor was first you got to do something different and what way to make it different than actually making it uh bringing it back to a, a meso-american uh background with the the ancient mayans and stuff like that i thought that was i thought that was brilliant and it worked so well it worked really well uh now of course we got a little questions about uh and this is going to lead to when we get a little later toward the end of this i, I want to bring up you know some ideas for uh black panther 3 which i think they need they it's an emergency because we need to address these right now we really need to address this because you, you know we're gonna touch on i'm saying but we need to talk about the spirituality um and uh, mythos in black panther because it's missing yeah it's missing here and uh and i think namor's introduction uh has brought up the issue even further because you know and you know should we go ahead and start talking about some of this i think because we it's hard to talk around this stuff and we got to get to the meat of it let's do it I, i'll just i i'll just say the move the movie uh we find out that uh in the beginning of the film we find out that there's a cia team that's you found this has uh using this this vibranium detector device of course created by riri williams and uh they're at this ocean this atlantic spot in the atlantic ocean or whatever and they find this vibranium deposit but all of a sudden they are attacked by these these sea people and EJ, I'm gonna tell you that shit was creepy in the beginning because you had all them. It all yeah, it was. <laughs> they was popping, they was popping their heads out singing. I was like, oh shit, this looks like a horror movie. Oh, like that's like the vibe that they were trying to get in Doctor Strange that they couldn't get. Like that whole creepiness and like right. that whole little scene. I was like, and them deep underwater and it was like pitch black, and then all of a sudden people's bodies popping away from the camera screen and shit. I was like, yeah, man, they doing it with this scene, and they they definitely did. Right. And I thought that was cool because to me that was like the answer to the mermaid myths and stuff like that. And you could you could you know the sirens and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is this could this could be the answer to why, you know, all of those those uh, mythological creatures exist. You these people. Yep. Um. So yeah. So the 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 Atlanteans or the the Telokonians or like the Telokons, uh, because that's what it's called now. So Atlantis is renamed to Telokon, and the Telokons, uh, they have uh. They have the they they're like sea people, fish people in a sense, and they can sing 
they can sing and they do this little singing thing where it kind of has this hypnosis effect. So uh, the the the, the Talokan start attacking everybody and killing everybody on the ship. And uh, the Lake Bell character, Lake Bell, who's actually dating Chris Rock in real life, is crazy. Lake Bell, the female operative who's leading the mission, um, they try to escape by helicopter. And she thinks it's the Wakandans. She's like, oh, it's the Wakandans. We're being attacked or whatever. And the, she manages to try to get on the helicopter and they escape. And, the heli and like I said before, the helicopter just gets grabbed and like twisted and turned and swung by this 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 man and we don't see the we just see the silhouette of of a dude in the sky looking badass with some feathers on his <laughs> on his feet and uh and and she he kills him and we we basically uh kind of fast forward well the beginning of the I skipped the part but in the beginning of the film we kind of get uh Shuri trying to develop a a trying to develop the heart shaped herb again because we find out that uh at the beginning of the movie that child uh T'Challa is currently dying and they don't explain why which is a problem how did you feel about that ej um that I, I, I was indifferent with that you know when i was thinking about my rating and like you said ratings might change i don't think it'll go from a 10 to a 6 or anything crazy like that it might be it might go to a 9 but as i look back on the film for sure um one of the things i was kind of upset with is what you just said and they didn't really explain like what the illness was that he had and correct right. me if i'm wrong and this is just me maybe not knowing super in detail but i thought i knew about like the heart-shaped herb and everything like that once he took the heart-shaped herb i thought that he that that changed his body forever and so for me right. it's gonna have to be a strong disease come <clears throat> into his system and kill him and you know without <clears throat> without and take him out because the hardship herb is right. supposed to make you superhuman. It's supposed to build up your immunity system to where you don't get sick. It's kind of like the natural version of like the super soldier serum, right? And exactly. So for me, exactly. I was just like, okay, you really need to explain what this is that killed him because, which I understand that's an easy way for you to, to talk about what happened with, with, with T'Challa and Chavik's character and, and a way for you to use that to, to you know, serve to serve the movie and, and, and show how he passed away. But without explaining what that virus was or what that disease was that he contracted, it, it really leaves a big hole in figuring out like what actually happened to him. Right, right. And I saw on Twitter, uh, there was a, a kind of sickness that did affect the Black Panther in the comics. It was called vibranium sickness. Okay. And and apparently, if you, when you take the heart shape or like, because apparently the vibranium is technically not really supposed to be consumed or, so, or something, mm -hmm. and um and it causes uh like a de deterioration of the body or whatever, and that could be what it is, but they don't they don't say that right. Um, yeah, should have yeah. Right, and that's why I want to also talk about, like I said later on, we talk about the spirituality aspect, which I think is missing from the Black Panther. And I think to be honest, that would solve some of these issues. And they were kind of they touched a little bit on it, but they really didn't. But we'll get to that. Um, so, so yeah. So Sherry is trying to basically final recreate the hardship herb at the Killmonger in the first movie. Kind of burned all of the hardship herbs, and you know, in the midst of trying to create it, uh, Ramonda, Queen Ramonda comes in and lets Sherry know that he's gone, and we T'Challa dies, and we have a funeral service, of course, the stuff that we've seen in the trailers. Um, everyone's wearing white, of course. It's the Wakanda's way of of celebrating and they buried T'Challa. Uh, several years later, uh, I believe, 
we get Shuri. She's just they're not she's not even um trying to figure out a way to recreate the heart shaped herb again. They just basically all in a sense as a country, to be honest, um, pretty much abandoned the the Black Panther mantle. So there's currently no Black Panther at all. Yeah. Um, nobody to replace him at all. Uh Ramonda, like you said earlier, Ramonda is king queen now. Um uh, do we have a scene of Queen Ramonda in uh, meeting with the United Nations and they're badging her about sharing, uh, you know, sharing their their technology with the world? But we know what they really want. They want the vibranium. And they're like, well, we thought you guys were going to share your vibranium. And like you said before, in a very powerful scene, Queen Ramonda lets them know, like, straight up, like, we know that y'all aren't y'all trying to be slick and be on to us now that we don't have a Black Panther and a King guarding us anymore. But we letting y'all know now that just because we don't have the Black Panther, we still love N-I-G-G-A right. so just letting y'all know <laughs> so, <laughs> so and in a very powerful scene we kind of flat we kind of switched to a scene where a Wakandan lab is being attacked by some CIA oh no not CIA some French some French yeah, soldiers um, um, and all of a sudden out of nowhere the dormant logic coming out of nowhere and start kicking some motherfucking ass and it looks like they getting killed I thought I, they I killed everybody yep. there, but apparently yep. But apparently not. So Koye, and we get introduced to Anika, which is being, which is played by, uh, what's her name? Uh, I got it, the cast list in front of me. Let me look for her real quick. She's from uh, a TV show that Dorian likes, actually. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, what's her name? What's her so name? I think she's from Ghana, right? Or she's from. Yeah, she's for sure. Um, some kind of chewing gum, gum chew, something like that. Chewing gum, so whatever. She's like a, it's like a comedy comedy tv show on hbo whatever mm -hmm. but yeah michaela cole michaela cole and apparently she's in a relationship so she's uh, a relationship with the character ayo who's like second command of dora milaje so we got an lgbt character in there uh, i heard the lgbt people weren't too happy with that because it wasn't it was it was very light they didn't really touch on it too much very light um but either way she's an introduction she's introduced into the uh into the fray and we get a uh, we, like this that scene kind of switches back to the to the UN meeting and all of a sudden the soldiers uh come the soldiers start the Dora Malaje the Dora Malaje starts bringing the soldiers into the UN room letting them know Ramada letting them know like you know as a you know just a uh just as a favor to y'all we going we not we didn't kill them we didn't we didn't kill them even though we could have just letting y'all know that we're on to y'all we're on y'all. We know that y'all. We know that we 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 got people everywhere. We know what y'all trying to do, and we won't be taking this lightly. Like the next time it happens, it's gonna be some more heart, some more some repercussions. And it was just very powerful. And I was like, that kind of made my the chin hair strap up. I was like, okay, Ramon. Yep. Okay. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? So, you know, just letting them know that like wakanda has strength there because at first i thought they were going to kind of fade to black and like oh y'all better you know trade your vibranium with us or you know whatever whatever it's going to kind of fade to black because maybe queen or ramada felt like she didn't have no leverage since there was no no black panther or whatever yeah. but no she let them know we, we don't need the black panther yeah. we don't need them we good here and that, that was cool and uh i did enjoy this scene too we, we got another scene where queen ramada is straight up asking she comes to the to uh shuri's lab and she's like, you know, have you done work on the heart shaped herb? Because you don't you think it's time for a new Black Panther? Right. And re and Shuri is like, you know, that's gone. Like the Black Panther, you worrying about you worrying about a mantle. I'm worrying about my brother dying. My brother's gone. Right. And uh, you can kind of see like the dynamic. Like I think Shuri, 
uh, I don't know if this was like the writer's intention, but you can see like Shuri identifies the Black Panther with T'Challa. Yep. So like replacing replacing the Black Panthers in a way like replacing her brother, you know? And and I think that's why she she was she kind of yeah, after she couldn't save him, she just kind of you know didn't pick up trying to fix it fix it or whatever. So she just kind of you know she, we can see her developing this new technology, this new armor suit called the Midnight Angels, which we will see later. And uh, apparently she developed this new armor for Okoye, but Okoye is still kind of stuck to tradition. And uh, and just kind of fast forward things, uh, we also see that Queen Ramonda, a part of the council, was in Baku, and Baku was actually involved on the council. Council now he actually has a lot to say. Uh, um, and then fast forwarding as well we get to see uh Ramonda invite Shuri out to this this area in on the Wakanda's borders where she kind of you know she had to go out and kind of uh find find some uh, area of peace away from Wakanda and she burned she did this ritual that she created to kind of keep herself connected to the ancestors mm -hmm. and it's like the spiritual the spiritual burning of their funeral clothes so they can you know you know move on from the, from from anyone passing really but really T'Challa and Shuri is like really against it. She's like, you know, I don't really care about this spiritual shit. Like, that's what you believe in. Like, I don't really believe all that. Like, and and Ramonda, even though she's, you know, she's kind of like against what Shuri's saying. She's she understands that Shuri has to kind of grieve in her own way. Yeah. She's not really forcing it on her. But this is when we get our first uh, scene where Namor reveals himself uh, to the Wakandans, and Re Namor comes out of nowhere in this little. Uh, this little Waterloo, out of nowhere, carrying this shellfish, this little—I mean, a shell—and he reveals himself to Ramonda and Shuri, and he's like, "Look, um, y'all, y'all got this beautiful land, y'all got this this source of vibranium and stuff. Why, why are y'all trying to share this stuff? And why are you? Why did you guys reveal yourself to the world? Because he's like, your your son's actions have left us uh, wide open for for detection." Because now everybody's trying to look for vibranium, and Shuri's like, "What are you talking about? How do you know? For, how do you how do you know about vibranium and this and that?" And Shuri's like, "Hey, mom, <laughs> this dude covered with vibranium right. all over, right. <laughs> like straight up." And I thought that was pretty cool too. And there's a scene where Namor is like, "You know, you know, they call me my friends. You know, my people refer to me as Cuckoo Khan, uh, which is like feather serpent or whatever." And but you know my enemies know me as Namor, and we later on we get to see uh, the the origin of Namor, where Namor is revealed to be uh, the son of a a Mayan woman, and apparently the conquistadors have basically started infected all of the Mayans with you know smallpox and all of the European diseases or whatever, yeah. and there's no cure or whatever. So just like Wakanda. And when Bashinga, King Bashinga, the first Black Panther, uh, found uh, the heart-shaped herb uh, with the Panther Goddess Bast, Bast uh, their shaman, the mind, their mind, the Talokan shaman, is uh, met with a. We don't get to see it, but it, it's told through Namor. We get the shaman uh, is shown a location by their god, Kuku uh, Khan, a location of a of a similar herb, uh, vibranium herb that cures all of their ailments and everything but this one had different effects though ej right you, you want to talk about that yeah so when they found the the herb that was in the mayan area basically uh initially when they all took it they all died and then 
when mm-hmm. they died, they actually ended up coming back a little bit later and their skin turned blue. And the movie goes on to tell everyone that after they took the herb and the skin turned blue, they weren't actually able to breathe oxygen in the air anymore, that they were able to breathe it from the water. So you start to see this whole group. I think it looked like it was like 10 or 12 people that were taking this herb. You start to see that they ended up going into the water. And that is like the origin story for the Tal- the Talacan, it's Talacan, right? The Talacan people. Yeah. Um, going into the water and then getting ready basically to build their civilization under the water. Um, I'm glad you you brought me to this point too, because I want to talk about this for just a second and we can get back to the the storyline. It's weird though, because we say that Namor is a mutant. Obviously he's a mutant in the comic books and he's a mutant in the MCU, which they've confirmed. So are they trying to go the route of Vibranium as one of the sources of mutant powers? Because namor is a mutant mm. he didn't really i mean obviously he was born his mother took the herb when, she, when he was in her womb because initially they say in the movie mm-hmm. that she didn't want to take it she thought that it was a child right and the guy kept telling her no you, you still need to take it because you might there's a possibility you might die and also it'll probably be a positive effect on the baby etc cetera, etc cetera, which it honestly did namor became right. basically the strongest right. the strongest of all the people that were under the water the talacan people he was born with those wings on his feet mm-hmm. Um, so he's able to fly in the sky and, and everything else. He's able to breathe uh, air like we like we can, but also breathe air underwater. So the whole Aquaman type thing too. Um, I'm just interested to say because you know they they were saying in the movie that you know he's been around for a long time, and so basically since the 1600s, Namor has been has been alive. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how the mutant thing is going to tie in with him. Does he already have the mutant gene and the vibranium? Uh, plant is what awoken that gene in his body to make him fully realize his mutant potential. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah I think that's what it is. Wh- where they go with that because Homegirl in um, uh, Miss Marvel, you know, she obviously has no connection mm-hmm. to vibranium at all, and she's a mutant as well. So, hopefully, and like you just said, I'm thinking maybe the vibranium unlocks a mutant gene in Namor to fully realize his mutant potential. I think I think that's exactly what you said. I think what happened is I think he Namor was already a mutant, but his uh, the vibranium just him that vibranium just pretty much activated it sooner sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. And um, and the same thing with like in in Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel's like her using those those bands, those uh, quantum quantum bands kind of activated her mutant mm-hmm. gene. So I think it's the same way. So. I think that's what they were trying to explain uh that i think that's the route they're going because of course uh if everybody consuming vibranium then everybody be, gonna become <laughs> mutants then. right so right and in a way and and to be honest even though namor says he's a mutant in this film it could be perceived in two different ways it could be perceived in the sense that mutant as in evolution like the x-men or he could be seriously saying it directly like he taking that vibranium literally mutated him um like because you can look at all the telecons as though what they are kind of mutations true like if you think about it in a way because uh you know the black every, every, the it ain't like it ain't like uh <laughs> all the black panthers turned into exactly. like people exactly so, <laughs> so, um the so, only reason I say that is because I, I did watch a, uh, a, a interview, I think it was with Coogler and it was with Kevin Feige, 
and confirm that. Yeah, I know he mm-hmm. does say that he's a mutant in the movie, but they did confirm that Namor is in fact a mutant, like X Men type of mutant in the right, movie. Right, so, right. Like you said, I'm I'm guessing they're just gonna go with the route of Vibranium brought something out of him and made him into the the, the person that he is currently. So, uh, which I'm fine with. Right. Um, <clears throat> going back to that scene though, it was just really cool when. It showed him like growing growing up a little bit and he was probably like 10 or 12 years old and they go back to the surface world to bury his mother when she dies um and i think we noticed this in the trailer too but i'm just gonna go ahead and say it for people who haven't who haven't seen the movie yet um but their skin is blue when they're outside of the water but when they're in the water it's not blue anymore it's it's just they're regular they look like regular mayan people like i saw when they went really deep down into the ocean you could see that their skin was normal right um doesn't really turn blue until they come uh, into contact with just natural oxygen in the air. So that was really cool too. Um, and right. then seeing Namor right. when they came up and they buried his mother and then they had like the, you know, the conquistadors that were basically making slaves out of their people and they burned the house down. Um, and Namor did his first little thing with the, with the, with the wings on his feet and he went up into the air. I thought that was a cool little scene too. Um, yes. Namor, like you said, overall, Namor was just a badass character. Um, right. Top three right. Marvel villain for sure. You felt the stakes and the weight of his plight, which I don't think you feel for most of these villains that they've been coming out with recently in Marvel. Um, so that was really cool to right. see. Um, spoiler, I'm happy that they didn't kill him off because Marvel has a very bad habit of getting yep. villains that are really cool and great and have new and are very nuanced and have depth to them and then taking them and killing them within the same movie. <clears throat> we can go back to Black Panther 1 with Killmonger, we can say the same thing. So, um, yeah, man, I'm happy that they actually right. let this character be fleshed out. And it was just crazy watching it because it was like, obviously, that they both, him and Shuri are similar, but they have different motivations for like why they want to do certain things and how they want to get certain things accomplished. And watching the movie and just seeing mm-hmm. how basically he was just trying to use them to fight to fight a war against the, the, the service people, even though Wakanda had no intention of doing mm-hmm. that at all. And so he was just trying to blackmail them, kidnap Shuri, get the scientists, et cetera, et cetera, just so they, they would be able to fight with them when they try to take on the surface world. So I found that very interesting, too. True. I think, uh, and it actually goes back to the story, uh, his whole reasoning, and I think that's why it's a good thing that they, they didn't kill him, because he's not truly a villain. Like, everything he's doing, you could look at it as as a noble, noble, uh, noble thing, because all he's trying to do is is make sure that his people are yep. safe and mm-hmm. um and and that's what he basically does when he when he meets up with queen ramonda and shuri and, and at waterloo scene he's like let them know like your your son you know basically has has opened the doors to uh people coming to find us and we you need to figure out who created this this device and destroyed it or whatever because uh it's y'all fault yep. <laughs> so um, so Namor basically gives uh, Wakanda a mission. Y'all go find who's responsible for this and destroy them, or we're going to come and take over Wakanda and destroy Wakanda or whatever. So uh, this is brought to the council's attention, and everyone, you know, everyone's pretty much trying to figure out what they're going to do. And I like you said about Mbaku. Mbaku is one of the very reasonable, one of the very reasonable people there. He's like, I don't know what I don't. I I think we should uh, do what he says because it's going to put our people in danger right and and they pretty much sign up for it until shuri and okoye are sent out 
against Ramonda. Ramonda doesn't really want Sherry out in the field because she's kind of still emotional uh, and not in the best state. But uh, Koye talks Ramonda into doing it, thinking that, you know, maybe being out in the field will actually get uh, Sherry's mind off of her brother. Um, so they go out to the field to go find the person responsible and they find Riri Williams at, uh, at MIT or whatever. And they basically meet, meet up with her. There's some little funny banter back and forth uh, with uh, Okoye and, you know, Riri's over there making ball jokes. and <laughs> Which was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she definitely she definitely has some comedy. I don't know if it's she it ain't on a Tony Stark level, but she she's she's you know, she definitely has some comedic effect there. Um, but we also find out that uh, apparently the CIA has been tracking Sherry and Okoye and and now uh, trying to get Riri too uh, because of the machine is destroyed. So, of course, they want to get that machine back or whatever. So there's this big uh, chase scene where uh, Shuri and Okoye and Riri are trying to uh, get away from the, the CIA agents. And it leads to the scene where a water bomb over across this bridge basically crashes in, I mean, destroys uh, the vehicle, the vehicle that uh, Koye is in and uh, on the, the motorbike that um, Shuri is on. And they also bring down Riri. Uh, let me actually go back a little bit. We actually get to see Riri coming back, come, uh, summoning her armor. So uh, as the CIA agents are like surrounding her warehouse, they're like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get in the car? She's like, nah, I got my own thing or whatever, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. You can see her pressing the button down and she's getting strapped up. And it's a very hilarious scene. I laugh out really loud. As the CIA just bust into the warehouse, you can hear one of the black dudes, oh shit, this is an Iron Man arm yep. up here. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing out. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. And uh, so... But anyway, it's like this big chase scene and she ends up taking out this like this drone and we get to see like a similar scene of her. It's like her first flight, like the Tony Stark's first sure. flight where he goes up high into the the sky and then he starts losing oxygen. And it's a very similar, very similar thing. She does the same thing. But uh, there's this big scene. Oh, my. One of the best scenes of the, the movie. Scene, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and take over that. EJ. I know you can <laughs> take over that part. You got to talk about. Yeah, that man. Right so initially when they get into the car accident on the on the bridge is when the fight scene starts and um they all meet back up shuri and okoye and riri and they're basically in the home stretch to like get out of this town and make it across the bridge so that they can leave um a bomb is thrown basically onto the bridge and it blows the car up um you see a hook is shot into the armor of riri and she's basically dragged to the ground and they're trying to drag her into the ocean and so i was like already i was like this is badass already you can see the, the the little silhouettes and the figures in the water, like you were talking about earlier, Jay. And I was like, they about they about to throw down for real. Yeah. Um, we've already known that Okoye is one of the most skilled fighters. She's obviously the leader of the Dora Milaje in the movie, um, and she's a it's just a badass fight scene between her, one of the like the Talokan generals, I guess, who's like right under Namor, um, and they do the little battle, the little fight. And she's, she's, she's pretty much keeping her own, but then you, you, you kind of get that feeling that they're kind of like mutated, like we were talking about earlier. And so they they have like a super strength right. and he's able to take her down or whatever. Um, and it was really cool because like they're fighting, they're doing their thing. And then all of a sudden the girl's like, stop playing with her. And like she threw a bomb at her and blew her in, and blew, it was like a water bomb and blew her, blew Okoye into the water. And that's when they go and they mm -hmm. take uh, Riri and Shuri because she basically says like, take me to your city. 
So that whole little that whole little scene was just real real badass. That whole thing was just real cool. Um, right. And that leads right. to the part to where basically Riri, Shuri are taken to like not Telecon yet, but they're taken to like this little like waiting area, which is you know far enough down into the water where humans can still be okay. Like you know the bones aren't crushed and everything else like that. Little area where they can actually breathe, uh, like a little underwater cavern right. or whatever. But that whole little scene was just was 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 cool. Probably one of the best fight scenes in the movie for sure. Yeah, it it really showed uh, Okoye being a badass more than anything, uh, and she was holding her own for she sure. Killed three of them, basically, what we thought. Which, like you were saying, there's certain things in this movie that the movie in, in totality was amazing. There's certain little small things that mm -hmm. I just feel like they need to explain more because Shuri stabbed them in the chest, three of them. They should have lied, Jay. Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, she even, when she goes back to Wakanda afterwards and she tells Ramonda, which we'll get into that scene here in a second, she tells Ramonda, like, yo, I gave three killing blows and they came back and they resurrected, basically. So she was like, I, I mean, right. there's nothing I can really do against that, which is true. And my thing is, they should have explained that a little bit more because we know how Namor is with his invulnerability, basically being like Thor. When he's out of the water, you know, it strengthens his skin because he's used to all the pressure from being down under the sea and everything else like that. But if you stab the mother Talokans in the chest and not just like a stab, but like through them and then you come back out and then they just pop back up like nothing happens. I need an explanation for that. Right. Yeah, you, you're true. I, I don't. The only thing I could see, just from my understanding, is they have an accelerated healing factor due to the vibranium. Is all you know the the vibranium blood, so they would be very similar to uh, a Black Panther because they got increased strength too. So they have uh, they have increased strength and durability, just like you know. Which also, let me tell you something. Well, I'm gonna save this. I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna save this because I you see this is what I talk about. You gotta watch this movie again and do your, <laughs> you start thinking about these things. We're gonna come back to that. So keep that in your mind. Keep that in mind. Um, so, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you saying. I think they have an accelerated healing factor um, because of the, the heart-shaped herb effects on their body. So, so this would make them essentially all super soldiers. Basically, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then my thing right. is when you start to delve deeper into that, you know, you pull on that thread a little bit, the Wakandans don't necessarily live underwater and they're not, you know, they don't have that, you know, that, that stuff pushing against them. They all didn't take the herb, et cetera, et cetera. But they're all in very mm -hmm. close proximity to vibranium you know what i'm saying like they're all around it right. it's a big huge mountain in wakanda all of their technology is based off of their vehicles their clothing has vibranium laced in the into the most of the clothing in the city like they wear it it's on their skin like it's like it's in them and none of them have those properties so maybe it's a thing just you have to right. ingest it to get to, to like that yes but i'm just like vibranium well, should give some effects to just regular people who are constantly sitting by it like all the time well let's let's go ahead and actually let's just touch on it now then because i i just uh, so later we know sherry becomes a black panther hey, hey, look everybody knows but sherry becomes a black yeah. panther okay so uh <laughs> uh there's a scene where when sherry is getting ready to take the herb um this and this is just quick we're gonna go back to the main storyline but quickly we see where she's about to take the herb and there's a scene ej where uh nakia is giving her the the, the herb mm -hmm. liquid and all the herb liquid 
She doesn't give her she all of the herb liquid. She gives her some of it. So I'm thinking the whole time you and Riri could be drinking on that. And uh you could drink on drinking and y'all couldn't y'all have like the abilities of the Black Panther. Too? Black Panthers, right? And but right, exactly. And uh but there is they also explain in that same scene that you know, you know, they gotta be careful because Shuri could uh her body could reject it and she her body can be sent to cardiac cardiac attic arrest or whatever. Uh uh so not everybody can take it because even Riri said she's like, can I yeah. have some of that too? And like I said, bro, she was hilarious. When she said that, I I, I laughed out loud. I was like, yeah, because that makes sense, bro. It makes sense. Bro, that's why I'm saying she, like I said, she, even though she's not, she's the second breakout. Day one is number one. She's number yeah. two for sure. But she was the, she was the black uh, presence, um, black American presence in this movie. She said everything that I feel like a black person <laughs> <Exactly>. would say. <laughs> So, so yeah, so like it was very reasonable to, to what she asked. So, but yeah, so that's why, and that's, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna talk about that because I think that is a big topic, and I think that also opens doors to what Black Panther three has to mm-hmm. explain. Why are their fly, their herbs right. different? Are totally different, and to me, the it, it's a spiritual issue that has not been addressed in these movies. But back to the storyline. So back to the storyline or whatever. So yeah, Shuri asks uh, Namor, uh, Atuma, which we need to talk about too. Atuma, he doesn't have a huge presence in his movie, but Atuma is actually uh, a main, a major Namor villain. He uh, he betrays Namor in the comics and is like this big villain. So I'm presuming we'll probably go see that in a Namor solo project at some point. But uh, Atuma uh, abides by Shuri's request to be taken to Talokan to meet with Namor. And there, at that time, when Shuri and Riri get captured, and uh, Shuri basically uh, has some a long time with Namor, and Namor basically explains the origins, which we already talked about before, so I'm not going to retread that, but explains his uh, or- origins there and reveals to Shuri that he's a mutant, and uh, you know, explains the history of Talokan and, and all of these things or whatever. And I don't know if you kind of, I got kind of romantic vibes from Namor and Shuri, to be honest. Uh, it was very intimate, in a sense, uh, between them two at certain points. I thought, like, there was kind of, I don't know if they were trying to make some little uh, uh, romantic shipping between them two, but it didn't get there because uh, Shuri let, straight up let, let, let Namor know that, you know, uh, we're not going to let you kill this girl. So is there a way that we can come to this from a peaceful uh resolution or whatever and um you know namor is like uh i'm gonna give you some time to uh i know i think namor i think namor is thinking about it or whatever but then namor is like no it has to you have we have to kill her there's no other way around it and you know it's either that or we destroy wakanda or whatever around this time we find out that ramonda has uh you know, Okoye has returned and Ramonda has basically stripped Okoye because basically, you know, she's like, dude, you lost my daughter to the Wait, enemy me, me, me. and I just lost my son. The second most powerful scene by Angela Bassett in that movie. That whole scene. Oh, yeah. Her stripping her of the title and everything. And, my, and in my mind, I'm sitting here like, bro, it ain't her fucking fault. Like, you can't blame her. <laughs> like, she, had, she up here, she killed three of them. They came back to life. Then uh, I'm just like, right. bro, you can't do this. But it was just a super... 
super powerful scene uh, and major props to Angela Bassett for mm -hmm. that for sure. Right, and uh, and shit, and and Okoye was crying, begging for a yep. position too. Yep. I was like, damn. And and but I will tell you this too. And she said that she's like you. You even she's like you even stood with the uh, uh, with Killmonger against my family. I was like, oh damn. I was like, yeah. I was like, yes. I like she got a she the queen got a point. You sure did. You sure yeah. did. I was like, damn. So it's like I was like, damn. Queen Miranda been holding yeah, on oh, to for that. Sure. She ain't never forgot that. So yeah, so she basically strips a Koye and or whatever, and even Mbaku can't say shit. He over there like, yeah, he hey. was like, maybe we acted too harshly, like you know, you know. What I mean? like, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so she's like, I lost all my family, I lost everybody now, and I don't know if my daughter is alive. Like that, that that's it. Like so, Ramonda goes to the only person that she think can handle the job. So she travels to Haiti, where Nakia has been um, basically uh, been all this time. Uh, and she meets up with Nakia and, and she tells Nakia like, hey, why didn't you come to the wedding? I mean, to the funeral and Nakia's like, you know, I just didn't, you know, I just, you know, I didn't want it to be final. Like if I went to the funeral, it would have been final for me. Like she's, Ramonda was like, but you just have to, you just have to overcome it. Like it's, you, it has to be final. Like it's something you have to move on with your life. And she was like, she couldn't do it. She was like, it was just yeah. hard, you know? So. Uh, but then she tells Nakia of the situation with Shuri and Amora, so <clears throat> which was cool. We got to see Shuri, I mean, Nakia return back to her war dog days, where she goes to some area in uh, Mexico and she's like uh, investigating with the locals about Namor trying to find his location. So she eventually does. Um, we don't exactly know the details on how, but it's not really. It's kind of glossed over, but somehow she finds right. it. <laughs> And she, uh, it was just kind of weird to me, EJ, because I'm like, damn, everybody else couldn't find her, but you just go talk to the locals and now you can go find her. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so Nakia is able to travel down to the, the, the little holding area and she basically rescues Shuri and, and Riri before they could ever really, uh, uh, get to some kind of, uh, resolution on what to do with Riri. And Nakia ends up killing uh two of the, the the telecon uh security people or whatever so namor definitely takes that personal when he finds out and basically in a very powerful scene he's in his headdress and everything comes down to his people his little atlanta basically it's, it's atlanta telecon is atlantis yeah. people it's atlantis it's just it's not really atlantis it's what you thought was atlantis it's not atlantis but it's all atlantean people start coming out everywhere all the telecon people start coming out everywhere and like we he like straight up we yeah. going to war and they have their own like Wakanda Forever salute, but it's like the command. Hey, you know what though? <laughs> Let me just pause for a second on that. That was fire though. I know it's. I, I know what they were trying to do. Yeah. Like you just said, they were trying to do like, what can we do that's a symbol for these people that kind of adds up to Wakanda Forever, but isn't Wakanda Forever? It's more right. just like Talcon Forever. And so instead of them doing the the Wakanda Forever <laughs> X, it was like this whole little like them holding like the plant type shit. And I was like, you know what, though? That's very, right. like, it's really cool because you automatically connect it with Wakanda forever. And it's like their own little thing of basically showing, like, solidarity between their people. So that was cool for me. I I, I know it's kind of cheesy or whatever, but I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually thought that was cool. And apparently that's an actual a thing that ancient cool. minds did, yep. which I thought it was cool. So that was, inter that was interesting. And wait, wait, Tinoch Hurts apparently said that they oh, should do that yeah. 
So that wasn't yeah. in the original yeah. script, apparently. So that was so cool. So, so yeah, so he summons everybody and they basically plan to attack Wakanda. So uh, Shuri, Nakia brings Shuri and Riri um, to Wakanda and they meet up again. And they're letting everybody know what's about to happen, what's going on. And like, we want Riri. Riri isn't the reason why, uh, you know, you know, you know, the reason for Namor's people being discovered, somebody stole shit, all, all the stuff or whatever, they're breaking it down to her. And they just basically are just, okay, we need to get ready because we know what's about to happen. But all of a sudden, uh, while Nakia and Okoye are catching up and they're kind of uh, in a very kind of emotional scene, because that kind of hit me too. I was kind of yeah. about to tear up. But, you know, Nakia is just kind of, it was very different from the conversation she had with Ramonda back in Haiti, but she's letting Okoye straight up know, like, you know, damn, like T'Challa was my everything. Like he was, like she letting him know, like yeah. that was my man. Like that was like everything to me. Like, you know, like I and I lost a big piece of me. And Okoye was breaking down too. And like in the middle of this like very somber conversation, just her venting, the attack starts happening. You start getting people abducted out of the water and shit. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> everybody, is, and for some reason, Mbaku and his people are like. Guard the city like Batman on yeah, top of some shit. He's gonna hop in the water like, like yeah, right. <laughs> so all of Talokan people start, you know, killing people and and abducting people in the water. I'm assuming they're drowning the people. Like fire. damn, like some fire. like jaw yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the attack starts. So uh, Mbaku uh, is out there trying to save people or everything. Shuri gets into a ship. And uh, uh, she gets into one of this called the Flying Mantis or something like that or whatever. She gets to, gets on the ship with Okoye and they start going around trying to save people. No, Anika. I think she gets on there with Anika or whatever. Anika and uh, they start trying to save people, save the buses, the uh, the the pair, the Wakanda medical for, for, force or whatever. They start getting ready to be dispatched, and all of a sudden, the Wakanda Talokan started popping yep. out the water again, singing their little siren song. <laughs> And they, they just started, they start uh, going away from their that ships and just like deep diving into death. Yeah, I'm like, God damn! I'm like, yep. this is some creepy shit. So, yeah, so this big battle starts going on and like they just wiping out everybody in Wakanda essentially. And uh, there's this one scene where pretty much everywhere uh, the Wakanda, the Talakans are just beating the shit out. Uh, they're winning, and uh namor is flying it there uh, up there destroying all the ships and stuff like that just with ease we get to see how his flying abilities work he's over there acting like a you know moving like he a spaceship and then air can stop can stop at any moment yep. <laughs> and, and fly yep. like he's superman uh and there's one scene where after they i guess he's meeting with his generals or whatever and like Mbaku goes over there and he tries to hit uh uh, hit Namor with his uh his yeah, what, I don't know what you call it what is, is that yeah. a, a, a still a wooden staff or whatever and like he immediately Namor just immediately puts his arm up and like deflects it without no problem Shatters. and just yeah jabs yeah and then just jabs Mbaku in the chest effortlessly and sends this dude flying and and I'm surprised Mbaku is alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, this this, this yeah, dude is bro. real right here. So fast fast forward, fast forward. Namor uh, goes to the uh, he flies up toward uh, uh, the main um, throne room and is trying to break break through it or whatever. 
and uh, he's like, "Give me the girl or whatever. Give me the give me the girl." And and Ramonda's like, "No, we're not gonna do anything." And then all of a sudden, he floods. He ends up flooding uh, the throne room, and in a very sad moment, uh, Riri and Ramonda get sucked into uh, the bottom of the throne room into the water, and Ramonda's about to make it. Like she's closer to the uh, the top of the water, but then she realizes Riri has sunken. And it's unconscious down so she goes back in a very heroic move but ultimately very sad because she ultimately loses her life and eventually drowns after trying to right. save riri and um she they can't they try to revive her they try to revive her and uh they she they managed to get riri back but ramonda is gone uh very sad very sad and uh, she goes out like a g i, I will say that Ramonda's to die in this. I, I will say, I, I think of some of the stuff I, I probably could have guessed in the movie. I didn't think that they would kill Angela Bass's character that quickly because, for me, yeah, uh, they've made Riri like this Peter Parker type figure, and she has nobody left. You know what I'm saying? Like she lost her dad right. in the first movie in, in Civil War. Then she loses. She just lost Chadwick. Now she lost her mom. Like it, it's, it, I didn't expect it. But it, but but I will say that is just great writing right. though. So yeah, exactly right, right. And I just think with her dead just made everything kind of come clear for Sherry later on. But so yeah, Namor is like, look, um, give y'all some more time to think about your choice. And we're gonna come back in a week, and then we really gonna destroy. We really gonna destroy what's left of Wakanda, or whatever. Which is uh, didn't make sense to me, to be honest. But I think maybe an argument because I was like, man, Riri's right there. You can pretty much they're right. defeated. You defeated them. Uh, you take Riri now. But I think that's where the anti-hero comes in. Is that I think Namor he 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 kind of uh, empathized with Shuri, and she had a you know she lost her mom just now. So he's like, let me give y'all some. I'm give y'all some time yep. to bury y'all dead. And uh, we gonna come. You don't give up. If you don't give up, Riri is we done talking. Yeah. That's it. So <clears throat> they, of course, they they bury uh they bury uh they bury Ramonda and have a barrier for uh. Meanwhile, I need to catch back up with this. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, um, everywhere Ross is uh is like he's been communicating with Ramonda before she died. Everywhere Ross was uh trying to let you know trying to figure out what was going on because you know he's like hey the cia think y'all doing all this stuff and uh if there's something else going out there you need to let me know but ramonda's like i can't tell y'all i can't tell you you just gotta trust me or whatever and the whole time we find out that everett ross is married to um val. the character uh what's her name val yes valentina allegra de fontaine <laughs> we're just gonna call it val for short <laughs> but apparently she's like lady lady hydra or whatever and uh she's the she's the reason why the thunderbolts the thunderbolts movie yep. is going to come together um so she's she's like building up her own uh version of the avengers like the suicide squad and uh she we find out that she's the leader of the cia and also she's the ex-wife of everett ross so um so yeah so we have that in the mean in the backdrop that'll come back later Everett ross didn't have a huge role in this film but you know some stuff that come to play with connections to other things but back to the main story they have the funeral and uh there's a very intimate scene i think between mbaku and, and uh shuri you want to talk about uh, this part again you talking about this is the funeral scene with uh mbaku oh, yeah, and yeah, shuri yeah. when yeah, mbaku yeah. was talking to shuri so, queen ramonda mm -hmm. dies basically and 
uh, M'Baku and Shuri are having an exchange and basically he's just letting her know, um, trying to get exact words that he told her. Um, he was basically saying that the elders had come to him and they were telling him like they wanted to seek refuge at the, at the Jabari tribe right now. They were trying to figure out the next steps they were going to take against Namor because basically Namor just came and kicked all the asses. Um, and so she was telling them like, yeah, you know, that would be great if you could do that and that they would definitely be in debt to you if, if, if you let them come stay with them. So he was asking her like, hey, what, what you know, what, what, what are you going to do? You know, what's going to happen next, et cetera, et cetera. How do you feel? And she's just basically telling him um, like she just she doesn't really know how to handle everything, but that she kind of wants to get she kind of wants to get revenge. And so you can already tell like you can see it in her. She wants to kill Namor. This is like when you can first see it. Like she's basically, she's lost right. everybody. Um, she has no one left. Her only thing she can think about at this point is revenge. Uh, and so that is when the whole thing kicks into gear of her basically trying to, I correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when she goes to the part where she's trying to recreate the herb, right? Right after that scene. Um, right. She's right. trying to figure out exactly what she couldn't do at the beginning of the movie, which was recreate the heart-shaped herb. Um, but she remembers that she has the bracelet that Namor gave her in the beginning that he said his, I believe that was, was that the same bracelet that his, that his mother wore? Yeah. Yes, it's same, not, same his bracelet. mom wore. She, and mm -hmm. parts of that bracelet were made from like the earth and the sands were the heart-shaped, or not heart-shaped, but the herb that Namor's people had initially taken or they went into the water. And so it has like all the elemental compounds of the plant, their vibranium plant that they didn't have in Wakanda. Um, what she did was she used the, the bracelet and she took like strands of, strands of the uh, of the bracelet and parts of like the little metal pieces in the bracelet. And she also compared it to Namor's DNA to kind of see like, what are the missing pieces in this DNA sequence so that I can figure out how to recreate the herb and come to find out that yeah and the child's, child's dna as well so she could see exactly what it what she was missing from trying to figure out how to recreate the herb and so <laughs> she recreates the herb um which like you said we're gonna have to go into like a deep dive in this third movie of like what did they have in, in right. their plant that t'challa and them didn't have in theirs because it seems like their plant was a lot stronger um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, it has some negative true. side effects. It's true. With the water and, you know, with not being able to breathe and shit. But it looked like they, it made super soldiers pretty much, right. basically, you know. So um, they, she figures out how right. to make the heart shaped herb. Then we hop into the scene that you kind of explained a little bit earlier, Jay, where um, uh, Nakia comes and she's breaking down the herb so they can give it to, uh, to Shuri. Riri's there with her. Yes, the first thing I noticed too was that right. what you said, they didn't give her all the herb, which was weird. It was just like, pour it all in her mouth, bro, and let her <laughs> drink it. Like, why Why you got to save some? This is wasting it. Right. Um, but here's the big exactly. part of the movie. I think everybody will admit that none of us saw this coming, or at least I didn't. Um, whenever you take the herb, it takes you to like the astral plane and you get to see your ancestors. So if you remember in the first movie, um, when T'Challa took it, it took him to the astral plane and he was like in the whole circle of life lion king desert and, and his dad came and they were talking about everything and his dad was just telling him like how he had failed as a leader and what t'challa could do could do better etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Um, and so we're all thinking, okay, you know, Sherry coming back and she about to see Queen Ramonda and they about to have a nice little heartfelt talk and she's going to tell her basically, you know, you're going to have to do what you got to do, et cetera, et cetera. But in this scene is when we see that none other than Eric Killmonger is the person that she sees in her, um, in her astral plane visit. So before we go further, I want to ask you, Jay, because I'm conflicted on this part. How did you feel about them bringing Killmonger back as in, in this part of the movie, like for this specific role? I, I'm okay. very indifferent on it. I'm very indifferent. Uh, personally, I think it would have been great if she would have seen her mom. Uh, you know, or even though T'Challa is dead, I would. I thought it would have still been cool if she would have saw um, the yeah. other Panthers, and um, you could see them in Panther form because you saw all the other Panthers in T'Challa's vision and uh, his visit uh, at the ancestral, ancestral plane, and they were all in a tree. And you know his dad was a Panther and then formed into back into his normal self, and you could have had a similar scene like that. And I would have thought it would. I thought it would have been great if. Uh, you know, a panther would have came up next to her and leaned against her or whatever, and she like she would have been like had this like this moment where she's like, "It's it's yeah. my my brother," you know. I thought that would have been cool. That's what the way I would have did it, to be honest. And uh, but I do understand that she's on a track for vengeance, and um and I think that's probably would ignite it. And I also will say I think this is why she won't be the the definitive Black Panther in Black Panther three or probably going forward. After this, because yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's right, right, that too, and I just don't, I don't know if this is an official passing of the torch, but, but I don't know, I don't know, I just, yeah, it's, it's so many questions, it's so many questions of, of this well, particular scene, but I was indifferent, but I understand, yeah, I understand yeah, what yeah. they were trying to um, do. I was, I'm, I'm the same way, bro. I was indifferent when I saw it initially. You know, he goes on to tell her like, hey, you know, you're seeing me for a reason. Um, and then he starts to talk about like the ways that her that her father had failed, the ways that T'Challa had failed. Her father <clears throat> had killed Killmonger's dad, his brother. T'Challa had let Baron Zemo live, even though Zemo had the bomb and and, and killed uh, her and T'Challa's dad. And and Chadwick let him live. Um, her mom, instead of her mom living, her mom gave up her life to 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 save Riri. Um, so basically, he's going over all the ways like that her family has failed, and he was just like. You can either do it the noble way, like your brother, like they did, or you can do it my way and you can get revenge, which I get it, like you said. I understand why that would be there because in the state of mind that she's in, she would see somebody who has that same similar mindset. But I thought the astral plane was for you to visit people who are gonna bring you peace and talk you into doing, making the right decision. But you know, that's neither here nor there, right. it is what it is. I, honestly, I think they just brought it back because him and uh, uh, Brian Coogler and Michael B. Jordan, the homeboys, and they were trying to figure out a way to get him in the movie. And so like that's, they were like, that's the best way we can get you back into the movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that part happens and she wakes up and she's all pissed off and she won't tell them who she saw. And she's like, oh, it failed. And I didn't I didn't see nothing and all this stuff like that. And, and then she hits the uh, the uh, the mannequin with the with the with the suit on. And knocks it against the wall, which is like a hundred feet away. And so they figure out, okay, well, you saw something because you just knocked that thing across the room, and that's superpowers. So uh basically right, they figure right. out that it worked. And 
she goes and she sees and the uh the kid tells her well the next thing you need is you just need a suit now and so they kind of go to like the first two black panther helmets <laughs> and you get to see the older one which i guess they're assuming is her father's and then you see t'challa's from the last movie it was his helmet and then she stops and she goes to another one which is like the cool one the new and improved visual one which i must say her design on hers was fire with the black with the silver and the gold in it i will say the design yeah. of her suit was was very very fire so um that was really cool first off where she had time to make that at? that's yeah, what that I'm, i want to know two seconds <laughs> so i was like can you, can i was like got it yeah right Right, I, I was like, you, she, she, you been playing this whole time to be Black Panther, yep. you won't let nobody know. And then, you know, fast forward, they go over to back to uh, the Jabari tribe, and they're having a conversation about what to do with Namor, and he's like, you know, I don't know what the next course of action is, but we're going to have to figure out something, and then she just comes out of nowhere, and it was a whole just fire scene. The plane flies yes, over, it was. and she just yes, shoots down into the middle of everybody with the new suit on. I, that was just a fire scene. I got I, the they did this movie very very well which is why i initially gave it a 10 and like i said for right now i'm gonna keep it at a 10 but it was just very well shot um and so she does this the scene where she flies yes. down in front of everybody um and then she takes the helmet off and she's got the killmonger braid <laughs> the killmonger <laughs> yes she does yes she does <laughs> they thought i wasn't gonna notice that but i noticed that uh because her hair has not been like that the whole movie yeah I was like, this yep, baby yep, Killmonger right she, here. She got the Killmonger brace trying to go kill this nigga Namor for real. So, uh, you know, so she's telling them like, hey, you know, right. you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure out what to do, but let me talk to M'Baku by myself for a minute. She basically tells M'Baku like, bro, I'm going to kill him and you're going to help me. This is what we're going to do. No questions asked. Like, you can tell them what you want, but this is how we're going to do it. And then. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But talk about that moment where when she landed, you gotta you gotta dust that up a little bit more, EJ. When she landed down, what happened though? Like, cause that re that ignited the fuck what, out of me. What are you talking honest. about? Like, so like when she landed down, everybody's like, oh shit. And then and then Mbaku got so excited and like, what the <laughs> and then stood up and then they did like this little oh, arm wrestling right, thing. Bro. You know what? I totally <laughs> forgot about it. Let's get my mind. Yeah, so, so basically, it's, it, in my mind, what it was is it was like a signaling of is she really, did she really take the heart shaped herb? Is she really the new Black Panther? Is she really powerful? Because he was like, old Shuri ain't going to be able to do no like, no arm wrestle type thing with me. Like, I'm over ass in 0.2 seconds. So, like, they do this little thing. And initially, it looked like it right. was like one of those, like, you know how we do, like, what's up type things. But then it went from that into, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know arm wrestle let me show my strength and then he was like oh okay you, you so you are strong and he was like this is a new black man whatever like so that was yep. that was a fire scene bro that was a fire scene for sure. right right because it was just amazing because everybody like after that it like everybody officially accepted her she yep. was like yep the panther's yep. back the panther's back and yep. and throughout the whole movie they what i love they kept referring to the panther yep. this is right yep. panther here we are panther i was like <laughs> I was like, it was like they were so excited to finally have Black Panther, but they wait so long. Yeah, I 100%. I, I don't know how I forgot about that, but yes, that is definitely the part that happened as soon as she came down. And when she took the helmet off and she had the kill marker braids, yes, that, that was that was definitely the scene. So, right. Yeah, that was super fire, man. Super fire. Um, yep. But yep, yeah, that yep. leads into basically the fight. 
and I need to ask you about this because this is another thing to me that didn't make sense. So they kept saying, Jay, that um, the telecom people are really strong with water, right? Obviously, they right. live in water. So right. Shiri's plan is to take them out into the middle of the ocean? Yeah, that didn't really make sense to me. You're trying to lure them with the whole machine and then they they catch wind of the machine. And so they go into the ocean, but you would not want to fight an enemy on their turf. And that's basically what they did. So I didn't understand that part at right. all because a lot of Wakandans right. died <laughs> doing that. So yeah. Yes, they did. So yes, they did. Uh after that fight, it was it's, only it's like the main, main people. five or six people were left. The Dora Milaje and Baku and yes. uh Riri and some other people, yes. Uh, right yeah um yeah sherry that was a bad call on sherry's part but i don't i'm like i said i gotta watch it i gotta do a second watch to see what she was trying to that, that she just got a whole bunch yeah. of what killed that day uh and they they life got thrown away uh yeah uh you are I, exactly like, right i don't understand this at all right now but okay <laughs> but yeah so but yeah that was uh that was crazy so uh what happens that so yeah she eventually her whole plan is to basically uh deprive namor from his source of water to weaken him and uh so her bad her so and she manages to do that so while everyone's fighting on uh fighting at the in the ocean or whatever uh everyone's fighting on the ocean on this on the snow leopard what they call the big ship or whatever she ends up capturing uh with the help of uh the the midnight angels ends up capturing Namor on the ship and bringing Namor uh, close to some land or whatever. And Namor's like, give me the hell out of here. If you don't give me, you know, give me the hell out of here or whatever. She, he ends up destroying the ship into freaking pieces. I'm like, God damn, right. this dude, he's strong when he weak. Because she has some kind of, <laughs> she has some kind of, uh, she has some kind of thing that was dehydrating him or whatever. So she manages to fight Namor. Uh, they're having this fight on the land. And at first, Namor is like doing the Superman shit, like, like you know, flying past her and, and or whatever. And she ends up getting him into a hold and cutting off his wing, which I thought was kind of brutal. I was like, oh, I yeah. said, okay, she can't like fight. Dirty. Like dirty she girl, yep. Okay, okay, yeah. I was like, she not playing. She said, you killed my my mom. Yeah, this is it. We playing dirty. So she cuts off one of Namor's wings, and Namor is like wounded, wounded, and um. Uh, they go blow it is one it is a brutal it's a brutal fight it's a very brutal fight which is y'all don't know how you feel ah bro it is such a brutal fight one could only imagine how it would have been with the child oh, fight. Yeah, Damn, yeah, yeah. we missed out so we much did. um <laughs> that, fight, it's a, that fight man <laughs> go ahead, and, go ahead. you know what's cool is like it was still a good fight and that just shows you like the character itself, Black yeah. Panther, or whatever. Um, but I just can imagine like seeing T'Challa in the first, seeing him in Civil War, seeing him in his own movie, seeing him in in uh, the Avengers, like seeing that version of T'Challa fight Namor just would have been fire, bro. Um, but we'll say the cool part right. was they're fighting, they're doing all this stuff. She gets stabbed by Namor, which I thought was gonna kill her at first. I thought that's how they were gonna bring new Black Panther was when she when she got stabbed. Yeah. So she got stabbed, she breaks the thing off, he comes back. And 
she goes Wakanda forever, and and, and she blows like uh, she didn't blow up the ship, but I think she like made one of the exhaust flame, and like it lit that nigga back on fire. Yeah, like I'm talking about. I thought that she <laughs> killed Namor in that scene, Jay, for real. Um, but then he just ends right, up basically right. just like being burnt really bad and falls to the ground. Um, and then right. you know it's the whole scene where she tells him like, well, she's trying to decide in her head. Does she really want to kill him? Um, and then <clears throat> she sees like her mom basically tell her like, show him who you are. Like that doesn't mean kill him, but show him like that you have compassion, that you you know you're willing to show him mercy, even though you have the chance right now to kill him. Um, and so she shows him mercy. Right. She tells him like, hey, basically I can kill you now, or you can decide to um, go ahead and lay down your arms and yield right now. We'll tell your people to yield, and if you do that we will protect y'all secret we won't tell nobody what was happening with y'all and if anybody comes to attack you we'll come and help y'all fight basically what she told him he was like but you have to yield now you got to stop the bloodshed and you got to leave wakanda alone so basically he says yield and this is the part i didn't get because her people are over there on the ship about to be uh knocked off the ship basically and about to be killed by all the people but they get to them in 0.2 seconds how they get to them with the, with the ship destroyed basically yeah uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Unless they yeah. have another one hanging around somewhere or what? I don't know. That's but a question. she gets that's back and basically tells them like, "Telecom, let's go home." Blah blah blah. blah. And they leave, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Shiri and them go back to Wakanda, and he goes back to um, to Telecom, and basically his right hand person, like that that lady, I'm, I'm forgetting his, her name at the moment that he called her in the movie. Yeah, Amora. That was his um, cousin. <clears throat> she basically told him like, "Hey, like, what's going on? Why didn't Why didn't we finish him off? Like, I've been waiting this whole time to fight alongside you, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And he just tells her like, "Hey, she could have killed me at any point in time, and she decided that she wasn't gonna do that. She showed me mercy and compassion. And now the strongest person, which was cool to see him tell her, he was like, "Hey, the Black Panther is the strongest motherfucker. Like, he." Black Panther is the strongest person on right. the planet. Yeah. And that person happens to live in the strongest civilization, which is true, and the strongest, smartest civilization on the planet mm-hmm. is Wakanda. He was like, now they'll be able to they'll be able to show us mercy because she has compassion for our people. So if anything happens, Wakanda is is gonna is gonna be there for us. And if anybody tries to attack Wakanda, she's gonna call on us to come help them fight. So basically they'll be in our debt in in, in essence. Right. Like they know that we don't they can come help them. So right. that was a really cool scene. And then seeing that whole mural on the wall where he was painting like himself fighting the Panther, that was fire. Yeah, that was fire. Yeah. Too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Nah, man. That was uh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we uh we see the the beginning of the uh ceremony for the the new um monarch. Because uh, I say monarch because you know it sure would be queen, and as the ship lands, as the celebration is happening, they're like, "Oh, Princess Shuri!" And out come out of the ship is, is oh yeah yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Which I wanted and, to ask you about because yeah. this is um, something I was trying to figure out. So I started researching last night just to see if what I thought was true. Are they trying to say like, even though Shuri is a Black Panther, like Mbaku is going to take over as king? Yes, I think Which is that's weird. exactly what's happening. I don't have a problem with exactly. necessarily Mbaku as a person taking over as king, 
but it's supposed to be someone that's part of the Panther tribe, though, right? Well, here's the thing. So normally, the usually Panther, the king right? is uh, someone from the right, right. But um, you know, a lot of people been bringing up the fact that you know when T'Chaka was king, he wasn't the Black Panther. That the uh, mantle yeah. went to T'Challa. And so the the Black Panther could actually be separate uh, from the uh, uh, from the throne, and I think that's where they I think that's where they're kind of going now. Because like for example, let's say Shuri had become Black Panther er, er, much earlier. Queen, you know, Queen Ramonda was queen or just queen, uh, the temporary queen. She, you know, it was it would have still been the same. You know, there would have been a Black Panther and, and a different queen. I mean, if someone that's the queen wouldn't have been separate. So I think that's what they're doing. I think, to be honest, I think uh, I think it works because it's not like it's out of nowhere. You can see that uh, Shuri and Mbaku have kind of developed a relationship in the sense that mm -hmm. they respect one another now, and uh, and he can see she can see that he actually cares about the Wakandan people. So to me, it made sense. So what it didn't it didn't feel like it came <laughs> yeah. out of left field. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It really didn't. And uh, and and it showed that uh, it showed that Mbaku knew he can lead if he wants to lead. So I think she felt like, you know, he would, be, you know, just because I'm the Black Panther doesn't mean I'm the best person to lead the country. Um, and that right now the best choice would be Mbaku. And I think that was a great. I think honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And even if he's only going to be king temporarily until uh, you know who comes up, which we'll talk about. Uh, uh, we'll talk about, but yeah, and, and, until later. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I yeah. actually didn't have any issue with that, and um, so I think that's what's going to go. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to go forward. And to me, and we think about it, it should be like that in a sense because you lose when if something happens to the king, and he's you know you also you also lose the the figure. You also not if something happens if a king dies, not only do you lose the king, mm -hmm. but you also lose the Black Panther. So it's kind of weird that you would have both the the hero of your country, the protector of your country, also in the king. I can understand the king should have it, but it just kind of it always leads a, a power uh, a power uh, vacuum when something like that happens to yep. the the monarch. So to me, it kind of works with those two roles actually yep. being different. Um, the only problem I can see is like now if something happens, maybe Shuri can't act on her own because now she right, would have to act right. under orders. So, you know, and this and if he becomes king, is she still a princess? Right. That's mm -hmm. another thing. Exactly. Um, right. And then just like I it, to me, it seemed like the like Wakanda was set up kind of like the royal family type thing. And so with him becoming king, is this king does he mm -hmm. have rights to like heirs that he have that become the you know like the next king or etc that can challenge or does he have an heir that, that might be able to take the heart-shaped herb next or you know we're about to get into what happens right. in the after credit scene but does that person have the automatic rights and he's just holding it until that person can so that's where it gets confused yeah but but then no and you know what now that i think about it you may have some you know you're right too because the way they that they did it in the first movie whoever becomes king does mm -hmm. become the black panther so does this mean that 
There will be two right. Black Panthers. Does he take up the? I don't know. At the end of the movie, we have to see. Uh, uh, Shiri goes back and she's planting all new herbs so they can start the whole garden again uh, with new heart shaped herbs. So the tradition of Black Panther will continue in the future. But as we see, you know, let's just go ahead and get into it. She ends up going to Haiti at the end of the movie and she goes to Nakia and Nakia is telling her, I got the ritual set up for you. Basically, it was the same ritual that her mother was trying to show her in the beginning of the movie, which is basically like the burning of the robes to signalize that that part of mourning is over. So she burns the the her, the robes. She has a very touching scene that almost got me at the end of the movie when she just starts crying at the very end, you know, signaling that she was letting go of, 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 of T'Challa and then vice versa of Chadwick in real life of, you know, letting go of all that. And then the movie goes over and you have Rihanna's song come in and that's another emotional heart string because she's singing that sad song to everything going on, bro. And then yeah. uh, the after credit scene comes up and Nakia comes back out and she got the little boy. And immediately I knew exactly what it was because I think we had talked about Jay a possibility of this happening, of of them being yeah. of them having a son that we didn't know about. I initially thought that maybe we would have seen the boy earlier in the movie, is what I thought when we had had this hypothesis, you know, this theory early on. I thought we were gonna see the son earlier on in the movie. But they left it for an after credit scene. And I know people kept saying online uh, before I saw the movie that the future of the MCU will will be, you know, you'll see like <clears throat> something with the future of the MCU in the uh, after credit scene from the movie. So basically we come to find out that Nakia right. did in fact have a child with T'Challa right before the blip because it's it's been six years since then when this movie uh, is happening. And she tells her, mm-hmm. uh, she tells Sherry that, you know, they had a child right before the blip and I guess right when that happened, uh, Chadwick went missing, um, and that's when she left. And she, I guess, she told Ramonda that she was taking their, their their child and raising him outside of like the eye of the throne, et cetera, over there in Haiti, away from all of everything that was going on in Wakanda. Um, so you kind of get like a closure, and you kind of get like uh, an acceptance of why Nakia just up and left and didn't tell anybody because uh, Koye tells Nakia earlier in the movie like you just left and you didn't say anything. So it kind of gives you like an explanation for why she did what she did. You know what I'm saying? Because if I tell Okoye that they have a kid, right, it's right. going to leak out to other people. And then next thing you know, they know that there's an actual heir to the throne somewhere else other than in Wakanda. So bring a little boy out. Little boy is really cool. He tells her like his name is like Toussaint or something like that. And um, she was telling him how it's yeah. a cool name or whatever, whatever. But then the part that got me, and I, I hadn't even really gotten close to like like getting emotional in the entire movie. But the part that got me was when he goes, well, my actual name mm-hmm. is uh, Prince T'Challa, whatever, whatever. And it's basically just saying like he is, his name is also T'Challa and he was named after his partner. And that was Marvel's way yes. or Ryan Coogler's way of saying like T'Challa's story will continue in the Marvel Universe with yeah. a different person. So. When yeah. I saw that, that yes. not only solidified it being a 10, I was like, okay, they found a way to do this and they found a way to have, actually make it make sense. So right, right. that was fire. Right, now right. that we've gotten through the entire movie, we've gotten through the, 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 the scene. I know you had made a comment earlier and I'm still kind of with you when we were talking about recasting T'Challa, right? So the right. only way I can see this working, Jay, is I know we have a lot of stuff coming up in the future with Ant-Man and Quantumania. 
We got Kang, which is a time travel villain. Um, yep. We have Avengers, yep. uh, the Kang movie. We have Secret Wars. Time travel is a big thing that's getting ready to come up in the future, next two to three years of the MCU for sure. Do you feel that, because at this current stage, the kid is only like six or seven years old. Um, right. So obviously he's not able to take over the mantle right. right now. And it seems pretty sure that Marvel doesn't want Letitia Wright to take over and be the face of Black Panther going forward. And I don't think M'Baku was going to turn into being able to be the Black Panther either. So you think they will go the route that mm -hmm. we initially were talking about, which is alternate universes, alternate dimensions, bring in a Black Panther that is T'Challa from somewhere else? Or do you think they'll find a way to get this kid and age him up quickly with all this time travel stuff going on? and make him the new Black Panther and whatever the next Black Panther film is going to be. So, yes, I think they're going to age him up. I think the our theories where the time travel aspect would have brought in a different variant of T'Challa in, I think that is officially gone now. I think they're going to find some way to age him up, whether that is time travel or something or whatever, however it happens, they will age him up. I, this is their, I think this is their answer. They made it and you know me and dorian were talking about this there's so many things they can do that they can get right with this version with uh t'challa jr they could truly make him the definitive comic book version of t'challa which i wanted because you know there was one scene in the film where uh riri asked uh uh sure she's like where did you learn all this stuff from like how you know all this technological genius that she's like i learned it from my brother and i thought that was great because i didn't get we didn't get to see that in the first film um we didn't get to see yeah. his his genius you know everything was like going through shuri and t'challa is one of the smartest people yeah. in in yes. uh in marvel so he's up on the start you know what i'm saying and we're reading yes yes exactly right right mm -hmm. and also one of the best fighters he ain't he's not gonna simply get his ass kicked like that yeah. by yes. kill yeah. i'm sorry that's just not happening you, you know so uh, I just feel like there's a lot of things that they can get right with him, and to me, what would motivate a young, what would motivate a young T'Challa Jr. more than trying to be the best he can Amen. be for his father's yep, memory? I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> so I think that I think that that's perfect. I just they got to figure out, you know, maybe they have something in plan, but they got to figure out how to get him from right, six right. to like eighteen or right. something. At, at or least eighteen, or seventeen, so, eighteen. You know, know what I'm saying? Um, right or you, you know what they, they could possibly right. pull off 16 because you know in other nations and civilizations around the world like people come into power much earlier in age than people do in the united states so i could see them maybe maybe 16 right. but like you said um they have a clean slate now that they're able to utilize t'challa keep the name um and now build on the legacy of chadwick but dive deeper into the comic book roots of the character for sure like you said that uh not batman but what i was trying to say is Black Panther is basically like Marvel's version of like a Batman type character. He knows how to fight in every style. He's proficient in everything. I remember reading in the comics about how smart he was and how he went to Cambridge to study and do certain things. Like they could touch in on all the yeah. stuff from the comics now and utilize what they did with this character. Um, like you said, and just have him live up to the memory of Chadwick and the T'Challa character that they currently, that they, that they had. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see right. what Black Panther three will be and how they and how they do that going forward. Um, yeah, it's just gonna be interesting. And the whole thing with um, Mbaku now being king, basically, and how him coming back. And I'm pretty sure that's gonna be a thing now. 
is them them never not them never having seen uh t'challa jr before and he just shows up it kind of has that killmonger feel to where where he just comes out of nowhere and is like hey this is my throne basically so um that's gonna be interesting Mm -hmm. to to see them build that up but like you said they just have so much more room now to show like the training that he does to become black panther to show like how smart he is and his intelligence etc um, because when Shiri told uh, Riri that she learned everything from T'Challa, I was like, what What? what T'Challa teach you? Because I didn't see Chadwick do nothing with science and all that kind of stuff like that. Like, all I saw T'Challa exactly. do was he was on the council mm-hmm. with his dad when they went over to the Sokovia Accords. And I saw him get his ass whooped by Michael B. Jordan and then him come back at the end of the movie. So I, I, I didn't see no intelligence and him mixing, right. mixing uh, chemicals and doing stuff like that. Like, I didn't get that vibe at all. So... It'll be interesting to see what they do with this new character mm-hmm. for sure. Right. I'll say this too. It also opens the doors for us to actually have uh, T'Challa yep. have a relationship with Storm. So cause we are we already have the X Men connection with the uh, another, a mutant being in this movie, and we also we haven't seen X Men yet, so we don't know if Storm is going to be older or younger or however she's going to be. But it gives it opens opportunity to, like I said, for a lot of more comic accurate stuff to happen with this T'Challa. The stuff that you didn't get right with Chadwick Boseman's yeah. version, you could get it right with this one. And that was my own, that was my only issues with like Chadwick Boseman was a great T'Challa, but they just took so they took so much from his version right. is what I had an issue with. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's the problem is you can fix that with this T'Challa and make him for much sure. more comic accurate. Um, so other issues I have, like I said, I want to talk about too is. Uh, which was missing this film a lot of this movie brought up questions to things that we we don't have a solidified answer for one of the biggest things is why do why does the heart-shaped herb have two different effects on its uh consumers and through about through each story we find out like there's one scene ej if you remember is that uh there's one scene where sherry is telling okoye about the heart shape, the, I mean, the herb that uh, that Namor had and his people had, and I was the Queen or Mother, or, no, I think it was Shuri, I can't remember. But okay, it was like, wait, I thought, I thought there was only one, um, one mound. I, I, my, yep. those stories I, I, I've been I, seeing I in my mind. That up. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, she, and she's basically saying that you know, they've, they've all this time they believed that there was only been one place that the uh heart that the uh, vibranium has hit and then Shuri reveals she's like no at some point there must have been two landing spots of the vibranium one landed in wakanda and one landed into the ocean and this basically takes away the spiritual part away from the story now because now you have to think about was bashinga actually approached by bast mm-hmm. by the panther guy yep. oh you know what i'm saying and but then again to me it had to be that because okay. why do namor's people have these different effects because now their shaman was also approached by right. kuku khan their god and they have these effects now so but the whole time we don't get to see these things and here's the thing um and i saw this somewhere else too on twitter on social media and i saw it in thor god thunder but kuku khan is actually in thor love and thunder and the panther god is bass we only see it for a yep. little bit bass yep. we see her in thor in thor in Thor 4 but we never right. get the connections in this movie right. which is which is frustrating so we know they exist but why and are why we not seeing them in, in the movie the, in both of the countries right for sure right exactly 
so i don't confuse it and i thought uh i thought uh what's the what's the show uh disney plus with our boy isaac moon knight. uh oscar isaac uh moon knight moon knight is the first thing that first dc i mean marvel property where we actually get to see the more spiritual side and the whole idea of them uh to the the totems and the people representing the the gods and stuff like that like moon knight actually represents the moon god um uh whatever so and they basically opened the doors for the for these other these things to happen i thought moonlight would actually open it up a little more but still nothing happens and to me you have to, the the third movie has to introduce bass it, it's i don't know if they holding it for whatever it has to it either either machingo <laughs> was lying to everybody <laughs> about beating the panther and was, it was smoking some weed before he got uh he got the he, he uh consumed a heart-shaped herb but there has to be an explanation as to why uh the the vibranium herb has different effects because by namor's people everybody need to be turning blue the yeah. unicorns need to be turning yeah. blue and um and and also when namor's people consume the herb and they they taking it like it's medicine you know but uh, over here in wakanda only one person can take it only a specific person could take it and it takes you to an astral plane an ancestral plane of existence it takes you to uh uh right. past the human realm and it that don't happen that doesn't happen when they watch people they over there taking it like it's nyquil <laughs> like it's a uh, purple drink so so like y'all y'all have to explain this stuff this wasn't explained so the only answer to it has to be that there is a spiritual connection right. to why these things happen but we are not seeing that in black panther 3 however the story unfolds that had the connection has to be made i agree the connection has to be made yeah i and agree that's my problem I, and, and 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 i will say while your problem is 100 percent valid and definitely needs to be addressed in the third one i do feel that that problem like you said earlier too doesn't affect my score because of how great the movie actually was in, in its totality. Um, they accomplished what they came out to accomplish right. with the stuff that was, uh, with the problems that they had against them with, you know, Chadwick's passing and them trying to fit a movie into a two year period and then having to redo the entire script. I, I, aside from the stuff with Riri's invention and how that didn't really make sense. And then them going to fight in the water and you're fighting a, a, a group of people who thrive off fighting in the water. Um, you basically set yourself out into the middle of the ocean where they could surround you with thousands of telecom people coming from the water. And, you know, it, it just didn't make sense. And then you got that machine down there, which like shoots. Uh, it, it was doing like that whole sound thing like under under the water and they just Sonic kill it with thing. a spear. <laughs> so I'm just like that stuff didn't make sense, but <laughs> I think I'll stick with my score of 10, but I will agree with you on the fact that they need to address the spiritual side because in the comics, that is such an integral part of Black Panther and explaining how right. it passes down from one person in the Panther tribe to the other. And that's what I was trying to bring up earlier when I was talking about like M'Baku taking the throne, would there be other Black Panthers, et cetera, et cetera. Because like, and I could be wrong with this too, but like, I believe all the Panthers have come from the Panther tribe. Like there hasn't been an outsider that's taken the herb, right? So right, exactly. obviously right, right. that puts it in line for T'Challa Jr., which we'll just call him TJ for short. That puts him in line to take the uh, 
to take the herb next and, and, and be on the throne. And that could be a, an integral part of the movie and them having to explain why it only works, <coughs> excuse me, from people from the Panther tribe. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting, like for sure. Right, right. And uh, another thing that we should, I, should, I think that's a good point is that uh, you brought this up too, is, uh, <clears throat> is the fact that uh, actually, shit, I've lost the damn thought. What was I about to say? <laughs> uh, what was I about to say? The, uh, the herb and only Panthers taking it, etc. No, you brought up something, and I think it was regarding. Uh, damn, I lost the thought. Shit, I'm gonna feel. Uh, it was a. Uh, what, I was trying to think about what I just brought up, though. I was bringing up. Um, how the spiritual side basically ties into the comics, um, you know, it all being Panthers able to take it, you know, and Baku now becoming king. Uh, what else? What else? What else would I, would I bring it up? Damn, I lost it, man. Damn, I might have to write it later. Overall, man, I'm just very, I'm just very thoroughly impressed with how they handled the movie. Um, know we were always talking about how it's going to be super easy for them to mess up and super hard for them to get right but coogler man i i have to give him his props i know i doubted marvel and i still doubt marvel because they've been coming out with shows and movies that have not been great recently um she or to name a few um (laughs) but but ryan coogler saved black panther one thousand percent um what he did in the transition right. from the story he was writing before before Chadwick died to how he you know turned it around to what it is now <clears throat> it was genius idea from Marvel's part on making sure that Namor was still a part of the movie because I think that was amazing I love how like you you mentioned earlier about how they they went from the Atlantis storyline to the Mesoamerican storyline which is cool because now not only are you doing a movie that celebrates black people but you're also giving spotlight and shine to another group of individuals who haven't been able to show and spotlight themselves in in movies like in the you know mexican americans etc etc so that was just really cool how they did that and bringing namor into that world and showing us telecon and then the mayan empire etc so i i enjoyed it man they, they did a they did a hell of a job with it um left it off on a good place with t'challa jr uh I think a lot of people, if I could say one other criticism, and this is very, very small, but I think people were hoping that we would get some nods about where the MCU was going in terms of other properties as well. Like we thought we might see Dr. Doom at some point. We thought we might have like a, some people were saying maybe there's like a Reed Richards tie-in that that helps him out to do something or, so we didn't really get a chance. This movie was really its own standalone. one thing I will say that I am upset about, mm-hmm. Jay, that they did not mention, I think they should have mentioned in this movie for sure, because um, this movie takes place a lot in the water. And that is why did they more not mention what mm-hmm. happened in the Eternals? Uh, so yeah, yeah, the water. Yeah. There's yes, no true. way you're telling me they did not get affected by a giant celestial coming up out of the water. So I just a mention, that you don't have true. to go into detail. You don't have to start talking about the Eternals or talking about Celestials. 
it could have been some mention of like we've had some stuff going on recently not only with the you know people trying to come find us for the vibranium but with 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 beings that we've never seen before popping up out of the way you know what i mean like there should have been some mention like give me right. the tie-in and marvel used to be so good at that in the past of like tying in stuff i didn't even know i needed tied into movies um and so i think that's another missed opportunity for right. them to tie that in because right now we don't have anybody saying anything about that giant hand popping up out of the water <laughs> yeah you could easily say that oh your bro your son already about to reveal our location we got this giant ass thing in the fucking water now y'all just going crazy exactly. on the surface land that's and, why we like, come take y'all out a short quick mention uh, unless you're going to tell me that Black Panther takes place before the Eternals, which I don't think it does. I think they kind of address that. It doesn't. It doesn't. The producer, yeah. the producer came out and so said it doesn't. It, it doesn't. takes place afterwards. Oh, yeah. Around the same time. Around okay. the same time, actually. So maybe it happened a couple of days after the telecom fight. I don't know. But right now, I'm just thinking they're having plenty of opportunities to bring this up. And they're not addressing a giant hand coming out the water. Right. You're right. Oh, okay, so I think this is the other thing I yeah. wanted to say. The ancestral plane, right? I think the fact that um, I think the fact that Shuri is able to go to the ancestral plane, period, shows that there is a spiritual connection. Um, a spiritual connection because I think even, even they kept stressing the point between Nakia and Shuri. She kept asking, like, who do you see? Who did you see? Who did you see? And I don't know if Nakia was asking her that because she wanted to, to see if um, you know, she saw the top, mm -hmm. she saw T'Challa or whatever. Um, but she kept asking, asking that. So it's like the fact that she was able to go to the ancestral plane and even see Kilmaga or whatever. Why is he I there? Start to, I, <laughs> I guess, I guess not, not just why is he there too, not that, but it's the fact that is the ancestral plane even a real place? You know what I'm saying? And here's the, right. here's the thing, in Moon Knight, we know it's a real place. But from the movies, from the movies, it's like, is this a uh, illusion? Is this us? Is, is the vibranium? Is the is the herb making us, uh, you know, see things that we we think we want to see? I don't know because, you know, there's the the spiritual connection isn't there because why? That's what I'm saying. It has to be, the Panther God has to have some kind of um, right part in this, right? Because of these things. And I just we need look. I'll, do you need to have a, a giant panther guy come out? I don't know. You gotta have something, I, man. Just I something. Agree. I don't know. I agree. So something um, gotta make sense. But yeah, for now, bro. But uh, after seeing it, you know, I saw it on Saturday. Saw it. Saw it yesterday. Uh, yesterday midday. After seeing it, I'm gonna go ahead for right now. Like I said, I have to watch it again, like you did, like you're saying you have to. But I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten for right now. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm, I I agree with you. My vote is still a five out of five. I have one question to ask you. Uh, Black Panther three. What do you think will happen? What is, what story would you want to see? Uh, what's, what's your expectations? We probably ain't gonna be getting it. Oh, I probably sure. have kids yeah. by the time that movie come yeah, we'll, out. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be full on mature adults at that age, at that point. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, because we've already seen the next three to four years, so for sure. Um, that's a good question, man. That is yeah. a really good question. Um, I I would love for it to be like a um, 
I would love for it to be sort of like a Batman Begins meets Black Panther with a young version T'Challa Jr. And just, I want them to delve deep into mm. him discovering who he is because it's 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 a weird time for him right now with everything that's going on in the Marvel Universe. <clears throat> We're about to bring in Kang and everything. He was basically born right before the blip. Um, so it, it's just a lot of stuff going on. He's not, he wasn't raised in Wakandan traditions necessarily, him being in Haiti. I'm pretty sure his mom is gonna raise him, you know, sort of in that same vein. But it, it, for anybody who's not born like in there, in that country, you know, it's different being raised somewhere else and not having to go through those traditions that you would go through actually being there. So I would love for it just to be a movie about him discovering himself mm -hmm. Um, who he is as Black Panther, you know, him, uh, like you said, find a way to bring in, um, uh, Boz or whatever, like just find a way to show him discover himself. I don't know who the villain would be at this point. Um, maybe you do some Dr. Doom stuff. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a long ways off and at this point with it being a new t'challa and a new character it's hard to determine the direction that they would go in um like i said earlier maybe some kind of right. tie-in where there's like a power struggle with mbaku being on the throne um you know him trying to come back and prove that uh, exactly who he is so i don't know man i i haven't honestly i haven't thought about it too too much i know they should find a way for Letitia to have some sort of role in it, but just not the main role. So her take a back seat, obviously, for sure. Um, if the X-Men are mm -hmm. um, around at this point, which I think they should be by that time, maybe you do have a tie-in where he meets Storm or something in, in that vein, too. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it, there's a lot of different directions right. you can go. What, what were you thinking? Well, I was looking at some videos in uh at his uh, Rose Gallery and I think a good character uh a good character would be Morlun uh who's a a like they call him a vi an energy vampire and apparently he goes after like uh totem totem characters like characters that resemble animals and stuff like that so like he he's known to be um in like he has beef with Spider-Man and uh black panther and and other characters that have like animal kind of themed mm -hmm. animal themed heroes or whatever but the thing about him is is like he's very uh he has he's very spiritual like he he's very uh a spiritual character and 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 it's, it's like you know he's some kind of a witch and and i don't know it's just like he's like a magical type character in a sense and i think uh they put it he's up there like he's one of black okay. panther's top 15 villains actually and uh i think like he has the like it says he has the ability to drain a life force from beings from physical contacts or whatever and stuff like that i think you could have a movie where you know maybe you know uh shuri goes against him and she ends up getting her stuff powers taken away from her or whatever i don't know and then you have <laughs> uh, tj <laughs> you know coming into his own and he's studying at mit and yeah, whatever yeah. in Harvard at the same time. <laughs> and he's like, hey, we need you to come back to Wakanda. <laughs> so I don't know, just have some story. And then maybe it opens the door for him to actually 
go maybe actually we have to we actually get to see Bost and and had maybe he he can have that connection yeah. with the Panther God himself or whatever, you know, or something like that. So uh, some character that actually has to have the care the story focus on the spiritual side to me. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but you know, we'll we'll see we'll see. We might and to be honest, uh, you know, one of those slots that was missing at uh, D twenty three, there was two movie slots, and there's rumors of the Young Avengers, the Young Avengers coming up in. You could easily have Black Panther Jr. be uh mm-hmm. be a part of the New Avengers. To be honest, so it just depends on how how many years yeah. all this stuff is going to take place. It, it's it's interesting yeah. too so, because but yeah, um, yeah. with the characters I know in in the comics, like Mbaku becomes a villain in the comics. So yeah, well he is a villain. He's usually yeah, a villain. So he's a villain. They made him comics, good. So in this it's one. possible that they could go and they could do that. Um, I know initially a lot of people were hoping that the second one was going to deal with Madam Slay. Um, it's a possibility that somehow uh, that could yeah. come into play. Um, Nakia also is a villain in the comics as well. So, so I yes, mean, she was. Yes, she was. Point, we could really go down any type of route. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Madam Slay stuff was actually sounding really mm-hmm. cool initially when it came out and I thought that was in the direction they were going to go um, before Chadwick's passing so if they decided to go that route and do a Madam, Madam Slay as a villain that would be interesting like you said um, it's like they've taken all of his characters and made them good the White Wolf was a villain in Black Panther and that ended up being they ended up giving that moniker to, to Bucky basically so uh, maybe they do a, a comic mm-hmm. book accurate take on the White Wolf which is like a, a you know another killmonger type villain so uh, we'll see they got they, they, there's right infinite possibilities and I, I don't know much about the moreland character 100 percent, but maybe if he is like a vampire type character mm-hmm. maybe blade could have a tie-in with black panther which would be fire um and and oh, wow. get a chance to yeah. utilize like the african version of yeah. a superhero and the black version black americanized version of a superhero together on screen that would be super fire so there's a lot they could do man a lot they could do that's true that's true that is true yeah but we'll see and there's also room for a a namor movie and i think uh i think it's earned here i think it's earned i would love to see a namor movie uh, uh i think they just need to i don't know how I don't know when we're gonna see that though, because right now he's trying to exactly you know go to war with the world. <laughs> so I don't know how that's gonna happen, but maybe hopefully hopefully we get to see all these new characters um through Secret Wars. So, you know, eventually I know for a fact yeah. we'll definitely probably see him then. So Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But um I think that's it, man. Uh good week in the movies. Um if anybody listening, everybody listening know that we are currently playing god of war ragnarok so we'll be having updates on that probably by sometime on the next podcast we'll be able to give a review on that jay i won't spoil it for you i know you're getting it later so we'll just go over brief details um but yeah i think that's it for this one right yeah and Warzone 2 uh 2.0 comes out this week of course we're gonna have videos uh about that and definitely gonna be on a podcast about that you know marv is gonna have his feelings on it yeah, so yeah. 
be checking out for that one too but as usual thank y'all for listening thanks for tuning in we're gonna try to continue to give regular episodes and give y'all updates on everything from gaming and movies to sports etc so just tune in we got big things coming with the shoot program and the ej&j podcast so thank y'all for listening Peace. peace Follow us on all social media platforms. Catch us over on Spotify at The Shoe Program and any other DSPs that you prefer to listen to podcasts on. Also follow us over on Instagram at The Shoe Program. Follow us on Twitter at SHU underscore program. And also tap in with us, man. Ask any questions. Feel free to follow, DM us, reach out. If you like anything, follow us on YouTube. Please let us know, man. We really, really appreciate you all listening. We appreciate you all's feedback and tapping in with us content-wise, man. We would love to get to know you and figure out who's listening to us and what you all would like to see and just for showing us consistent love week after week. Thank you all so much. Peace.